They come from grim and glowering clouds, their ethermatic guns blazing. Harpoons pierce the flesh of giants. Cannons roar like the wrath of ancient gods. In a storm of fire, the ground is torn to furrows, and the enemy ranks are flung apart as if by invisible hands. Yet the Dwarden behind the guns are no eldritch force, no mages seeking to twist reality to their own ends. These realm-shaking weapons are artifacts born of logic. The Keradron overlords are proponents of reason, of science, and of fair commerce, or fair to their own coffers at least. These are the masters of the shrewd deal and the efficient exploit. They harness the material world in all its splendor, and they use every iota of advantage it gives them to survive, innovating as a matter of course, where once their ancestors clung to tradition like a drowning man to a spar of driftwood. In the ever-hostile reaches of the mortal realms, they have no other choice. The Caradron are called godless, for they care not for placing their destinies in the hands of another. Those deities they once held most precious abandoned them when they were needed the most. They put their faith instead in cold, certain metal and the merciless exploitation of gaseous ether gold. Yet, with the return of the great master Grungni, the Caradron have a chance to turn a new page in the graven ledgers of the history. Look to the skies, say the trading partners of the Caradron, for salvation can come at the last moment. If the winds are well, it may yet arrive in a thunderous crash of cannon fire loosed by an armada of sky vessels. But such good fortune comes at a cost, and for those saved by the Dwarren's coming, there will always be a heavy price. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. Bringing you Dwarden technology, sky fleets, and of course, the code. I'm Dave Whitek, and with me shortly will be Chris Walker. And quick before Chris uh, signs in here, I just want to take a moment and thank the Garage Hammer sponsors, our sponsors that include Chaos Orc Superstar! Chaos Orc Superstar! Chaos Orc Superstar! Chaos Orc Superstar! Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. And Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and soon to be in their second location. I'm so excited. I also want to take a minute to thank our Patreon sponsors, those folks who listen to the show and think this show is actually worth uh, worth tipping to the show, worth giving something to us uh, for doing it, which uh, every single day amazes me uh and those patreon sponsors will be our associate producers jake c james brown old man yeti our executive producer scotty milne and our newest patrons the associate producer george stradone i believe it's stradone and Raistlin. thank you all for becoming part of the patreon sponsorship group part of that almost one percent of our listeners who make this show and everything we do on it possible i'm sorry if it sounds like i'm a bit off i'm a bit off uh chris will be here in a minute i was trying i only had to uh i only had to uh work with the master engineer on that uh, introductory reading for about 70 takes 
And yeah, it, ugh, it's kind of, I'm feeling a bit of a hot mess, not going to lie. But that ain't the point. The point is we've got a show to do. When I come back, Chris will be here. And uh, we're going to do, we got a couple of voicemails. We're going to play our couple of voicemails. And then we are going to jump into the Caradron Overlord's book. And boy, oh boy, there's some really cool stuff in here. Uh, Even though it's a short unit list, there is some really cool stuff in here, especially the lore. And we will jump into it when we get back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We are back, and Chris is here. Chris, hey, hey, what's up? Hey, Chris, did you know that we have voicemail? Really, we I have do. heard tale of such a thing. It is true. We have the voice mails, and we actually got some voicemails. Is well, we got one voicemails. Uh, yeah, because I don't think we. Yeah, we did not play this one because we recorded. We had okay. If we did play this one, I was wrong. I don't think it is. But Brandon's calling from Columbia because you know it, it, he didn't call last episode, so he's definitely calling this episode. <laughs> so we're gonna hear what Brandon has to say. Oh, why is this like this? Let me fix this. Let me get. I'm just trying to adjust my levels here a little bit. First segment, I had to go in and fix a few things, and mm. so now we're here. We're on. We're on point. We're doing this. Bringing the heat. Voicemail. Here we go. Great. That's great. There we go. There Here we go. Hey, this is Brandon from Columbia and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to those tools in the garage. Um, so I'm listening to the uh, Beast of Chaos episode, and, um, man, just like always, you guys, you're getting me super jazzed for a new army. Um, I had a yep. couple of comments. Um, number one, so I love how you guys were talking about the old special characters from the world that was and trying to think of, Kazrak One Eye, um, the guy who so was, uh, he had the whip and the sword, um, and he was in uh, the uh, uh, I think I can't remember the name of the forest, but it was around Middenheim with the his or Midland forest in the old world, and then um, he had um, his greatest enemy was the Electric Count of Middenheim, who was Forest Toddbringer, um, the guy they took each other's eyes out, just like you said. And um, I always like to refer to Boris Todd Bringer as the bringer of Todd, you know, because Todd's awesome. Anyway, 
Um, so questions for you. So number one, do you think um, that Beastmen have finally come out of the redheaded stepchild role? Because this stuff is pretty cool. Um, and two, um, I, do you think that – how many armies are there for AOS that have multiple play styles uh, for models? Like, you know, how the Beastmen have, like, infantry and – um, or they can do like monstrous infantry, or they can do a bunch of uh, big monsters like cyborgs and stuff. And several armies are like that, um, kind of like the um, soul blight grave lords or whatever. But um, it just seems like that seems to be a theme for AOS right now is to figure out, okay, how can we make these individual armies themed around these certain units? So anyway, I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Have a good one. Okay, I swear we played that last episode because I remember him saying "bringer of Todd." I'm I'm not saying that it I don't happened. Think we, we, play, we, we played not? a voicemail very similar to that one. Okay, maybe that's it. I'm just, I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Now you got you, of course he's bringing up uh, one eye and you showing me the model here over mm. the video and the the death bringer. I have him somewhere. Yeah. I have him somewhere. You have Todd Bringer too. I do. I do. I have nice. him somewhere. Of course you do. Mm. Of course you do. <laughs> um, the, I mean, and I, we talked about this very subject on the last episode, but we can re- go over it again. Yes, I believe the the beastmen have emerged from their sort of secondary role as I sure bad guys so, in man. Age of Sigmar. Yeah, I think they have. And you know, as far as play styles go, yeah, I mean, there's lots of armies that do that, right? You can do. Multiple builds with lots of different armies, except maybe the all the Dwarden ones. Except the one we're going to talk about today. I don't yeah, know. and the Fire Slayers. They, they yeah. Ugh. You know, and I was sitting here, uh, Chris. I want to love this army. Mm. I want to love this army. Yeah. Oh, but thank you for the call, by the way, Brandon. Do appreciate thank you. it. Yeah. Call and everyone else, call. Leave us a voicemail. Yes, mail. leave us the voicemails. We I like hear, the we, voicemails. Yeah, we want to hear it. Hmm. Um, what was the name of the forest, by the way? I think it was the Drakwald Forest. That's it. That's right. I heard you say it, but I was the, I was listening to. I didn't catch it. Yeah. I love that people mention, call it the world that was. And I mean, I I know that mm. it's that's what they call it in the books. But it used to be called the Warhammer World. And that's the thing. I still hear people calling. Oh, you know, the Age of Sigmar, not the Warhammer World. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the world that was. And I know. You know, especially if you're not a fan of this game. You know, double turn suck. You're blah, terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Blarp, blarp, yeah. blarp. Um, yeah, they all they don't like to call it the world that was because you know. Mm-hmm. I actually had a I had a call from a person I haven't spoken to in years. Oh, who hasn't played the game in years, and then the whole call was like, "So is this uh, old world going to be any good? Because if that's if they don't screw that up like they screwed up AOS, I might get back <laughs> into the game." And I'm like, uh-huh. I, I didn't even really. I'm like, how do you respond to that man? Yeah, like, yeah. They left me a message, and I'm like. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, did they screw up the release of this? Yes. Is the game, no, the game's good, dude. Just yeah, calm if, down. I, if you're listening to this podcast, just because <laughs> you love the lore of Warhammer, you've never actually played Age of Sigmar 3rd Edition because you're scared that's going to be terrible, I encourage you to try it. I love this game so much. I yeah. really do. It's the new, the so new version, fun. the new version with the... You know, the annual. Is yeah. that biannual? Is that, is that twice a year? Does that mean twice? Yeah. yeah. Or is that every two years? Biannual. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say twice a year. Twice a year. <laughs> twice a year. 
uh, General's Handbooks kind of give it a little spice up every six months. I think it's awesome. Sure. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, it's so much fun, and I, and <sighs> still don't have a Dwarden army for me. Yeah, they do. It's called the Dispossessed. Yeah, no, that's not a full army. Sure, it is. Eh, I guess it is. I guess it is. But it just, uh, you know, come on, we all know what that is. That's the that's that's the leftovers, and they combine really nice. And if you like that stuff, it's great. And I have no problem with it. That's not the army that I want to play. I don't want to play Cities of Sigmar and then just take the Dwarden faction. Why not? I don't I, I, know. I actually made an army list. Plus I sold that for, army a for long time just ago. Dwarden and it's actually kind of cool. Did it work? Yeah. I don't, I mean, know. I don't know. I never I never played it. I wrote it you know and kind of looked at it and I want rules specific to them. I mm-hmm. want their own tactics. I want their own yeah. uh you know sp- that's what I want. I want yeah. I want that I think I think you might get it sooner or later. You might. I mean, and you know, if I do, you know, if I do, I don't. Whatever. I've still got four armies I'm painting. What do I know? I'm so behind. Mm-hmm. I can't even do this. But uh, you know, but the the two main Dwarden armies for this. And what is it? I know they're short, but their lists don't have to be. I mean, right. come on now. There's how many units in this book? Um. Hold on. Huh. I was looking at it earlier. I just wanted to cry. Um, okay, you got three, uh, you know, ships. Yeah, you got a frigate, you, you got, got an ironclad, and you got the gun hauler. You got eight heroes uh, and uh, and a war cry war band. Mm-hmm. And then you got four units. Four units. You got the... Come on. Who, you, who you got? The Thunderers? The Thunderers, the, the gun haulers, yeah. the Endron riggers. Oh, I'm sorry. The Arcanauts uh, are are uh, one more. Yeah, there's one more there. So, yeah, you got the yeah the Thunderers, the Endrin Riggers, the Gun Haulers. Oh, the Gun Hauler is a is a boat. Oh, the boat. I'm sorry, Sky Wardens. Sky Wardens. Uh, yeah. So I was so right. The, yeah. So yeah, Endrin so sky... Riggers, Gun Haulers, yeah. Sky Wardens, and Arcanauts. Four. Well, are you talking about like guys that aren't boats? Yeah. So guys that aren't boats. Four. You got three boats, frigate, ironclad, and gun hauler, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you got Arcanauts, yep. Endron Th- Riggers, Thunder and thunder, Thunderers. Thunderers and Sky Wardens. Yeah, that's yes. Yeah, so you got four, four four units that aren't boats. Yeah. And then you or got heroes. And then you got eight units that are heroes. Yeah. Come on. Eight and that's uh fifteen. Yeah. Sixteen if you count the uh underworld uh yeah, the underworld's uh crew. Mm-hmm. I just uh, there's I I I've I've found that I I think this game is at its best or the battle tomes are at their best mm-hmm. when you have more than that like when you have enough where you could play multiple play styles. Yeah, this one I fear. I mean, what else are you gonna do? You got guys on boats because that's yeah, what on, it is. Guys and, on boats, and I, mean, I guess you I mean you could theoretically play this as a horde army. You could. Yeah, but and. I think you'd get destroyed and annihilated and not have any fun. But right. You, and, and you could play it as a horde army. But as much as I'm complaining that I wish it had more units, it, it can't. Not and right. stick to the lore. Right. They live in the skies. They come down on the ships. It's ships yeah. and guys coming off the ships. Right. This book actually is well written and plays oh, yeah. very well to the lore. I oh, love this book. I the, just, lo- the lore in this is wonderful. I love yeah. it. 
and and the army with with very few exceptions i've found plays well to it yes plays to the lore like i'm not saying that the units aren't good i'm just right. saying there's a couple of things i saw and said eh, that's it works it just doesn't feel like the lore mm-hmm. but it's just another thing where it's like okay i got uh, i got the tiny i got the you know the the uh, the uh upgrade from the gyrocopters for the small yeah. ones and then I got a medium boat and a big boat and then I got some guys on it and like I said that's the lore though like you're not going to have yeah. the huge variety and a ton of units because they're not going to just be like all on the ground yeah and like I said it's cool it's what I I love it I just I mean the, yeah there's actually I think there's actually more dispossessed units than there is character I think so units. and that's and that's my beef is I want <laughs> I just I like armies that have a variety. Now I'm not talking Stormcast insanity. I don't need. I mean, Stormcast have mm-hmm. more heroes than there are units in this. Yeah, you know they've got like what thirty eight or th- oh, almost, God, I think there's it. more now. I think because then they introduced like one or two little droppers yeah. here. Yeah. So they got over three dozen heroes. That's too, you know that that's the other extreme. Stormcast have way too much. Stormcast. I think have more hero units yeah. than this book and the Fire Slayers book. Did you together. want to hear how many dispossessed units there are? How many? So there's dispossessed corlers. Uh-huh. Dispossessed thunderers. Uh-huh. Dispossessed warriors. We can skip the dispossessed part. I think we know what we're talking about. So we got thunderers, corlers, warriors, hammers. Uh-huh. Ironbreakers. Uh-huh. Iron drakes. 6. Longbeards. Seven. Rune Lords. Abbot. Warden Kings. Nyan. And then there's uh, some guys that actually aren't on this list. Uh, there's the Cogsmith. Ten. Who's the, who's the engineer. Uh-huh. Uh, that's ten. Yeah. So that small faction of that book has almost as much as this. Mm-hmm. Bananas. Yeah, Cogsmith. Oh, and then there's like, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, you can't include the. Oh, there's a gyrocopter. Eleven. Gyro bomber. Twelve. Um, yeah. So that's twelve. Yeah. That's almost as much as this book. Which is what I'm saying, you could play Dispossess, and I think you could actually make a pretty cool list if you include, like the if like I'm in mine, I was going to reuse like my old dwarf war machines. I was uh-huh. going to use like I was use my cannons, my dwarf cannons, and just use the rules for uh, rocket batteries. Ten inches from the back. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the rules, my organ guns. I was just going to use Hellblaster volley gun rules. Sure. Right. Man, like you said, I'm I'm not trying to complain. I'm not trying to start off on a sour note. I, what I, yeah. you, you know what I want, and I don't know if it's even feasible mm-hmm. or workable. But now that Grungney's back, yeah, I would like to see a Dwarden book. And yeah. when I say a Dwarden book, I mean bring back oh. all just like the Ogre and the Orc books take all of their disparate factions into one big book. Yeah. That's what I want. I, I hear you. I want these guys and yeah. the Fire Slayers and the Dispossessed together in a book. Uh, I don't know how that would work. I don't know that it would work. Yeah, It would take a complete I, overhaul, and it would really upset the people who already have these armies. 
but I want a big Duarden book with variety. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I mean, I just... Yeah. And once again, I'm not trying to start off negative here. <sighs> I'm just saying... I mean, you can kind of make... You could do that, Army. You could do with allies and stuff, right? And sure. Now, the, now they got the Regiment of Renown. Yeah. You could you could do that with... You know, you could put in that Regiment of Renown into your Caradron Overlord's army. It would be kind of neat. Sure. And once again... uh. I love these models. I love this yeah. book. Yeah, I, I mean, just yeah. I mean, the models they have for the kid, this new Caradron Overlords army is—they are so cool. Do you see the new model? The 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 lawyer guy. Yeah, yeah. The code right. Yeah, yeah. You see, pretty, he's got pretty. all them books that all he's, the books. Do you know what those that book is called? Because he keeps track of all that stuff right there on the on the field. What do you mean? Like, what's it? What does he call what, it? Yeah, what do you call that book? Uh, it's not a book of grudges because that's what the lo- the kings had. Yeah, he's carrying around with him. A, a, I have got it a, here. A battle tome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. It, that's called their battle tome. Yeah, he carries their battle tome with them to quote the rules and make sure things are going that way. I'm like, beautiful. There, yeah, there's that's yeah, that's wonderfully meta. Yeah, his melee weapon is battle tome. One inch range, one attack. Threes and fours, D three damage, whack. Exactly. His special rule. This is called. I think you'll find. It's the name of his rule. He could. They could just call it. Actually. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love it. I'm so meta. Even this anagram. Okay. Let's uh, let's jump into this book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what do we got here? Lords of the War-Torn Sky. Yeah. Times of empire building with axes and foul tempers are long over. The Caradron instead conquered through commerce. If that fails, heavy firepower, crushing force, and merciless accuracy get the job done. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> um, the, the you know They're up there in the air. These marvels of war are held aloft by spherical ether engines and driven forth uh, by whirling propellers. Mm. No action is taken, no ammunition charge expended without an eye on the equation of risk versus reward, because efficiency is all. Uh, what else do I like in this intro? Tr- this is important, and this as this kept coming up, and I'm like, this is wonderful. Thank you for addressing this. Tradition was once held in high regard above all, and if you know anything of the world that was and the old dwarf books, they did not do new tech. You got in trouble for new tech. Malachi McKyson was kicked out of the of Engineers the, Guild, yeah. Engineers yeah. Guild for trying new things. And he fact, made it a slayer. He turned into a slayer. Uh, but he wasn't really hunting his death too much. He basically said his death would find him when something he made poorly exploded on him. Yeah. Um, but uh I mean he he made the goblin hewer, which was an amazing model and an amazing uh amazing and the, little, and the breath of Grugney. Yeah. The spirit, the, of, yeah, the, the spirit of Grugney, he made... Spirit of, the, it was the spirit of Grugney, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he made the dirigible. In fact, mm-hmm. he drove Gottrek and Felix around quite a bit in the end time. Over like the that. chaos waste, he flew that thing. Yes, he did. He was brilliant. If you haven't read... Which one is Is that Dragon Slayer? Yeah, that's Dragon Slayer. I think Slayer. it is, yeah. Read that book. You will, not re- is you, will so good. Not re- you will not regret it. Oh, no, it's great. Um, but remember, they wouldn't, I mean, newfangled equipment, that's only been around for 300 years. Yeah. It's not really tested enough. 
Now, in this book, tradition was once held high in high regard above all for the yeah. rig- for the tried and tested ways of the ancestor gods are paramount. But all that was put aside with the coming of chaos. And Shaman, entire dynasties of Dwarden were forced to reinvent themselves or die out altogether. They found their salvation in cold, hard logic. Oh, Grungni, or Grungni, uh, they felt abandoned him. So why should they follow all those old traditions? They found their salvation in cold, hard logic and military science, innovating and risking even higher. Uh, literally, for in the great ships they took to the skies, until only the demons of their nemesis Zinch were able to pursue them. The Dwarden mind, always given to a kind of merciless pragmatism, was turned to the optimization of their new society. And they formed the Caradron Code. It's a meritocracy, and that's important. I love that it's a meritocracy. Your kid has no right to even be on that boat unless he earns it. Doesn't matter. Nobody gets a job with these guys unless you've earned it. I don't know how I feel about this dwarf, dwarden departure from the old ways. I really like that part about dwarves. It's one of my favorite parts about them. But mm. I, you know, you look at all this new stuff they have, and they, yeah, I know, mean, they were. You have to think of why they, why they, they had to abandon the old ways, or else they'd all be dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So their pragmatic nature finally overcame their stoicism, and it had to because they would have died. So because the. The Dwarden, they used to live in the mountains and all that stuff. Yep. Chaos came and started taking, you know, they were okay for a while, but then they're, you know, they're breaking into the holds, they're killing all the dwarves, they're doing all the, you know, bad stuff. They had to leave. So they used this newfangled technology, turned their cities into sky cities, and basically took off into the air after they discovered ether gold. They had very little they, choice. They, right. They had to, or else they were going to, because they didn't go to Azir. They weren't invited. Right. Sigmar, Sigmar and Grugni basically left them in the cold, and they're like, okay. So they took care of themselves. But it makes for an inter- it makes for a very interesting lore and an interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's so, it's a, 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 so a, different. Plus, man, how long lived are these guys? There are long beards mm-hmm. in there are white builded elders, it says here, yep. in their currently living who lived through the age of chaos. Yeah, like 400 that was, years. Yeah, that's old, man. Mm-hmm. They, they, there's a timeline in here, and they're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, they now, remember. And, and you know they got locked out. Grungni did not come, and nope. that that resentment is deep. Yeah. So they say that oh we don't hold grudges anymore. Baloney. They yeah. still hold oh they grudges. hold grudges, but they don't. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not in the same sort of way. Um. You know. Oh, and when he brokered the peace with Marathi. Yeah. Oh boy, they were just like, "Oh, you go to do that," and then he takes off again. He's gone back up to to Azir to help. You know, he gets out, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we're here. We're kind of ticked." And he's like, "No time. Got to go make new armor for Sigmar." Hey, right. We got to get that Stormcast armor cooking because of El Belicor at Fiend. And that's like, well, what's sec- up? But that's yeah. a second time he they feel that he's ditched him, and that's mm-hmm. that's really important because at this point. 
they are like, you know what? We followed all the rules. We did all the things we were supposed to do, and we almost all died out. Right. That got us nowhere yeah. following your ways. So we're we had do to, our own thing. They are now they are now and what I think this is one of the most interesting things about them. They are a self made society. Mm-hmm. They they change they they came up with their own rules, their own code, their own everything. They owe nothing to anyone. Not any race, not any gods, nothing. So what I also kinda kind of like about what they did is because they're still I mean they're still Dwarves, dwarf, and whatever you want to call them. So you know how the complicated, like their rune magic was, how right. steeped in tradition it was, how just like no one can just learn to do this. You have to be an apprentice for a bajillion years. It's uh-huh. complicated. All this. Stuff. So they just took all that stuff and they just made it into these into the code because this code is ridiculously complex. Only the dwarven mind could comprehend this thing. Well, yeah. I mean. It's fantastic. In yeah, fact, it's, it's, it, just, it's it's ridiculously complicated. Like no, yeah, it's just just <laughs> it's perfect for like their. It's like the it's like if you if you read the um like the Felix and Gotrek books, like if you like if you read a bunch of them in a row, eventually I even I got annoyed with how awful the dwarves were, you know, with how they were just so condescending to humans and to other right. elves. You just like Bill King, he does such a fantastic job. Oh, I ate that up. They oh my gosh, show just they... showing how aloof these guys are. They just care nothing they'd for go, these lesser races. They'd go to these gorgeous palaces oh. and all this stuff. They're like, nice yeah. for human work. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like they, they, they slag on Everyone, everyone, and everything, man. And everything, and it's eventually, beautiful. You, it, like I, I had to like sometimes stop reading the books for a little while because it just got so like, oh my god, I can't handle these guys. Oh, it, I loved it. I love everything right. oh, about it was, that. It was fantastic. It really put you in the mindset of how they were, and it's not like they aren't like that anymore. They just focus it into a different direction. So now mm-hmm. it's all into these rules, these overly complicated rules that only they can figure out. They're always, they're still trying to get one over on everyone. And and they're doing it through these, this crazy Caradron code. Yep. Um, it does talk a little bit how they were, the stuff they were doing before the age of myth, when you get the old school Duarden, you know, mm-hmm. but, but went back in the, you know, before even the age of myth, the Dwarden hewed their fastness from the stony mountains of the mortal realms. Uh, they knew little of the dawn of their race. They instinctively believed in their right to rule the peaks from within. They were an honorable people, tireless and stout, with great fortitude of will and an exceptional degree of craftsmanship. Um, they started, they, you know, they formed the uh, the Kazalid Empire. They kind, they still suffer from gold sickness. Um, there was a lot of this stuff that came from that world that was that they still they didn't know where it was, but it was still sort of bred into them. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I mean, the mortal realms were formed from the mm-hmm. stuff of the world that was. So obviously, some of that is still going to be there. Uh, I like how it talks to so the age of chaos comes in and war, not progress, became the driving factor behind innovation and trade. Um. I guess what I, what I don't like in here 
is that they even mentioned that like the Dwarven kings, they were like fighting other Dwarven kings. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and like that didn't happen like in the world that was. Like like they would like they very, very rarely fought amongst themselves like all out battles. And that just didn't happen. Well, it it did, but it did when they got the gold sickness. Yes, and this I think that's when because I'm reading that passage you're talking about, mm-hmm. and it really sounds like it was only the ones who got the most ridiculous amounts of gold amassed, and nothing could, nothing right. could assuage that. Those yeah, are the think, ones who would pick fights with other people. Yeah, and I think they're also alluding here that maybe they were influenced by chaos, maybe, which is weird because. Dwarven and dwarves were generally fairly resistant to the pull of chaos. I mean, the chaos dwarves, I mean, they got left out. You know, if you know the chaos dwarf lore from the world that was, I mean, they were basically this dwarf hold that got just got abandoned in the realm of chaos. So, yeah, they, they kind of got the short end there. So and, um, they fell to chaos. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see what else do we got in here? Uh, you know, oh, I love they. You know, they lock themselves away in their mountains when chaos starts coming. Yeah, which is what the Duarden had done before. You know, right? They'd always relied on the mountains and their defenses and their walls to save them. And then you got, uh, you know, tens of thousands of demons right outside there, and they're like, "Oof, this is not a good thing. We got to get out of here. We got to do something." And they and they, you know, they cry out to their gods who don't answer. Mm-hmm. And they feel abandoned. And the Zinch demons are coming through and melting everything, destroying people. And uh, I love this part. It was not the gods of the Duarden who saved the forefathers of the Caradron. And no small matter that was. For the truth of Grimnir's suicidal bravado and Grungni's abandonment has festered in the souls of the race ever since. Faced with no other option... They let that spark grow into a hot fire so hot it consumed the fetters of tradition, melting away the self-imposed chains they had placed upon their own technological advancement. I'm like, okay. Like, they're just like, no, listen, we got to do it for ourselves. So all bets are off. And I think that's great. The breaking of these ancient taboos and time-honored traditions allowed the inventors and engineers to tread new ground that would have once seemed blasphemous to those who preached the old ways. And uh, let's see, what is the last part of here I have written? I love it so much. Could the great platforms and dockyards themselves be given motive power and make them rise into the skies? If so, could they become the basis for their homes altogether? Uh, between Shamanite and Ether Gold, there they go. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. I love, I do love this. You know, that they got ditched and they said, listen, we've got to do what we got to do to survive. Yep. We'll take care of ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, if you talk to Grugni, right? What would he say? He'd be like, "Yeah, that was the plan." Yeah, that's the thing. He's I, he mm-hmm. does. You know, he's come back. I haven't heard him say word one of "Hey guys, mm-hmm. you're out of line." No, I mean, I, Not I have bit. to. I have to believe that Grugni's plan was, "Yeah, I'm going to leave you guys, and you're going to figure it out because you guys have grown stagnant. Figure it out. You're the you're you know you're Dwarden." You know, figure it out. And I think that's what he would say to them. Yep. 
And he actually does, because it says here, uh, you know, Grungni left his people to their fate when the scourge of chaos fell upon them, reasoning if they were worth their place in the realms, they would sink or swim by their own deeds. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, he was right, because left to their own, they are now a force to be reckoned with. They have conquered yep. the skies, uh, and they they are huge, huge factor in the in the realms right now. Uh, let's see. We talk about the great abandonment. What did I write here? Thank you for putting this into words here. Um, oh, yeah. It talks about the their culture is founded. Oh, some whisper their culture is founded on the bedrock of another world entirely. The world of Sigmar's birth, where the ancestor gods Grungni, Grimnir, Valia, and their kin once walked at the head of the first mountain clans. They're not elemental gods in the fashion of the ruinous powers and the primal deity Gorkamorka, but ascended mortals. In another eon, they breathe the same air as their kin, and through a combination of valor, strength of will, and longevity, they have passed into godhood. This is pretty good. Poor Valia. She's faded into myth. Yeah, I mean, they see she's got a shout out. So yeah, she got all, a shout not, out, but they gave her that. Not all is lost. Not all is lost. I still think. I still think uh, Nagash ate her. In uh, in the end times, I think she was that thing in that place when they were having that final battle of the Dwarden before uh, we, Thorgrim Grudgebearer got assassinated. Ridiculous. Uh, then what else? <laughs> not, none, of, none of that is my favorite. Uh, you know what? I love that only because he won that battle. That ridiculous battle was a whole book. Everything they threw everything at him. And he's like, nope. And then he actually went up. Okay, we won. Now I got to figure out. Now we're gonna move. I mean, it's like, wow, you won. You, yeah. They did it. They beat everybody. Of course they did. You know, they never. They the the the, the end came when the entire world was de- devastated. You had to blow up the whole planet to beat them. They won Warhammer. Yeah. They literally of all the races there, they won. Of course. He gets beheaded by Deathmaster Snitch because yeah, you got to do stupid stuff. Ah, oh, so aggravating. You know they I they didn't know what to, honestly it's such I, an I, e- I, such an easy button for the freaking Games Workshop writers at that point. Ah, oh, just have Deathmaster Snitch just kill everything. I mean, but like, I don't feel like I mean, what would you do with him once he won that battle? His just, there was no story left for them. They weren't coming out of that mountain before the world was destroyed. Well, then just let it be. Yeah, but everyone's gonna wonder what happened to him. They uh, it blew up. The world blew up. I yeah, guess. but a lot of people came through after the world blew up. See what I'm saying? Uh, I don't like it any more than you do, but I understand the necessity. Plus, let's give him that. You know what? The, the <sighs> only way, the only way they were to get him was to sneak on him like little bitches. <laughs> Pardon my language. <laughs> um, In case you didn't know, Dave and I are huge. Dwarf fans from yep. the world that was. Just in case you didn't oh. figure that out. Uh, <laughs> new inventions came to be at a hitherto unforeseen rate. A phenomenon that caused a deep spiritual dissonance in the traditionalist Duarden. Those who stayed behind to defend their holy their holds paid the ultimate price, taken body and soul by chaos. Body and soul? Are we talking chaos, Duarden? Yes, I would assume so. I hope so. I'd like to see them. Like to see that army. Yeah, I mean, bet you it has more variety. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> let's see. Discovering ether gold lighter than air and near limitless in potential. It pushed the war efforts forward. Okay, what else? Um, oh, I, 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 so I'm reading this section, and it's on that cool page with that great picture of the the Dwarden just in his speedos. Yeah, looking at his suit. Looking at that armor suit. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Though it can be found across the mortal realms, ether gold is not easily easily mined. Only when refined and processed does it take a solid form. Uh, talks about how it's in every aspect of the society is, po- is powered by this stuff. Um. And what if in their rapacious harvest of the realm's skies, they exhaust the seams entirely? Do they not know about ether gold in the ground? Like the stuff the fire slayers get? Do they not? Well, that's different, isn't it? What is? They don't, they, what's Urgold? Urgold. Is Urgold Ur- and is ether gold different? Is it that different? Or yeah. is it just that? That's nah, different. I kind of, okay. My thoughts on this was that they were the same thing, just with a different name. So the solid stuff in the ground is Urgold. The stuff floating in the air is ether gold. Well, I mean, if you consider the source that what they believe, like the ether gold is the breath of Grugni, breathed into existence by their ancestor, and Urgold is the stuff that is dissipated when Grimnir blew up when he was fighting yeah, the. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess I just always kind of felt they were similar. Maybe I mm-hmm. may, maybe maybe this has just made me sure that uh, they're not similar. I did not know. Yeah, I mean theoretically, you get enough Urgold together. Yeah, Grimnir can reform. Yep. Theoretically. Oh, God, I love this. All right, the Maker's Return. We're on page fourteen here. We're actually cutting through this kind of quick. I don't mean to rush through it, but it's it it's uh. It's a pretty simple take. Like Duarden, Duarden are not necessarily complicated in what they are and what they do. Mm. Uh, it's their, their complications always seem to come in their rules and ideas. Yeah, I mean, safe to say they yeah. they they abandoned their their holds. They invented ether gold. They attached endrins to their ports and cities. They flew into the sky to escape chaos. And, and then they, they realized, hey, maybe we can make entire cities up here. Right. And then they got then they decided that they need some sort of structure because Sigmar's gone. What are we gonna do? So they they developed this the code. This code the code. The it was code by necessity. To live it, was by, by, yeah. it was by necessity because they had to have some way to regulate their society. Mm-hmm. And now it's not because it wasn't based on ancestral kings anymore. It was based more on uh, commerce and markets and yep, that kind of thing. Now, there's a lot of stuff I like in this section. Hold on a second. Uh, two things have rocked the foundations of Caradron society, Kragnos and Grungni coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the era of the beast, but to the Caradron, it's known as the Gorgrim. Yeah. Um, Basically... Yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of like it's just sort of in their way. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and they've even said this has affected them too. I mean, the era of the beast. Just because they're not in in Gur doesn't mean it hasn't. Uh, incidents of gas tavern brawls and skirmishes between rival prospectors have risen sharply. You know, so they yeah. talk about that. Now, I, I I read this and I took a note and I realized I probably read it wrong because <laughs> it says here corpses. 
are little use as trading partners, with the notable exception of the Ossiarch legions. Right. Uh, and it says, and where the cities of Sigmar suffer, so do the Caradron. And I thought it meant, like, to trade? And I'm like, oh my god, are they trading corpses with the Bone no. Reapers? Like, because that's, that is wrong. And it's like, oh no, corpses, they, they are the corpses. Yeah, they, meaning like they, these pointless battles are useless. So they're, yeah, they can't, yeah. You, you, you don't, you, you don't want to destroy everybody because the, you can't, you can't, trade, you, you can't, you can't trade, trade with, with dead, people. dead people, right? You can't trade with dead people. Correct. I, I misread that. And yeah. I was like, you can't trade <laughs> with dead, like you can't use them as trade. And I'm like, oh no. Right. Yeah. I'm like, who's doing that? I mean, I wouldn't put it beyond a cat, the admiral of a, or captain of a, a sky ship to, I don't know, maybe cruise around an old graveyard and, <laughs> Scoop up some bones to go trade with. If they had some, yeah. Hey. Um, but now the Gorgrim, you know the the age of the age of the beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have to have at least three sky vessels per expedition, one on high alert at all times. Like, the, like the, yeah. the 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 time of the beast has even a way up in the sky. Like they mm-hmm. are. There's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, they keep they keep referencing these. Uh, these sort of flying monsters that kind of fly around. These right. my favorite, so the manicores, megalophins, meg, mega megalophins, megalophins. I yeah. assume they're flying sharks or something like that. Because the megalodon is that the meg, the giant shark, yeah. is the megalodon, the prehistoric yeah. super shark. So the yeah. megalophin, megalophin, yeah, it's flying flying shark. And what's the other thing they got? Uh, flit-winged paracudas. Yep. Little flying fish with teeth. <laughs> okay. Um, they mention here in this the more the Mornar drop. Mornar drop. Yeah. Where you just cut your engines and then drop. Yeah. And you drop and you get it when you're flying and you're undercover and all this stuff and you're getting attacked by a bunch of things who are trying to come at you out of the clouds. You just cut your engines and drop like a stone. And mm-hmm. then you're so far from the clouds and these dumb animals come after you. Right. And you just cut the engines back on, turn it around and, and blast them out of the sky. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And they're like, mm-hmm. this is stomach churning nonsense. But the Caradron put up with it because dwarfs are made of tougher stuff than to worry about, uh, you know, than getting, you know, feeling, uh, yeah, you know, funny from heights. <laughs> and at the end yeah. of this year, they talk about how um, they've encountered, you know, things as this. They have opportunities and provisions. There's always profit to be found amongst disaster, after all, and the desperate are easily parted from their pay. And that might be the most mercenary thing in this book. Yeah. They'll go find where bad things have happened because then they can trade. And they'll take everything you've got in, in, for the trade for what you need. Right. So, I mean, even in this book, the Dawnbringer Crusades get their butts handed to them by the Caradron overlords. But this time it's not just by killing them. It's by taking all their money and chintzing them on deals. So even in trade and commerce... The Dawnbringer Crusades get the short end of the stick by yes, this they faction. Do. Everyone. Oh, there's a part later in this book that I wrote. I'm like, that is the they're the worst. These guys yeah. can. These guys are. 
there are some really bad things about the overlords. There is, is that where they dump their toxic waste on top of the Dawnbringer Crusade cities? That part? Oh, the part where they just dump they yeah they dump waste yeah. off their ship no matter where they are. It doesn't yeah. matter who it falls on. That wasn't yeah. it, but that's one of them. Yeah. Um, you know when this when this freaking Dawnbringer Crusade book comes out. They better like get revenge against all these other factions that have just been dumping on them for the last year and a half. But they won't because, <laughs> I mean, they've even said now, Dawnbringer Crusades, only 10% of them survive. Oh, boy. They don't have time for revenge. They, they, better, do, s- they th- better do something because they're going to take over the Beastmen's old role of being the redheaded stepchildren of... The mortal realms, like uh, everyone, just, everyone just, everyone just beats up the Dawnbringer Crusades. Well, that's just, betting heavy to win heavy, even to go out on one. You know that. My, oh my gosh. Uh, they talk like, about like, <laughs> now. Sorry. I know. No, I get you. But every they, they book, do. every book. Um, there is a whole section here called Aerial Metropolis, is where they explain how the cities came to be and all that stuff. Yeah, it is too long to explain. But very, very read cool, it. Though. Definitely read it. You know, yeah, very cool. Um, now it does get into here though. As they got larger, you get seem to get uh, these co- the codes. Um, this is um, one of the most interesting things about them, I think, compared to the other Dwarden. These codes of prosperity and advancement that had seen the Dwarden advance so far so quickly became the laws underpinning every new advancement. So all the stuff that they were working on sort of loosely, once they realized they could live here forever, they had to have rules, and that's when the code starts to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's some of the cool stuff I like as they start talking about their city. Let's see. The streets have smithies and weapons shots. The median, median district are training grounds for Arcanauts. Um It says the caliber of insults. Hurl, they're talking about being in the bars. The caliber of insults hurled is as well-crafted as any work of Dwarden artifice and can range from the imaginative imaginative aspersions cast on the parentage of the offender to the suggestion that perhaps their rival's facial hair was fashioned from the wiry fibers of a cave grot's undergarments. So stupid and so silly. (laughs) They refer to to the garments of... Grots a couple times yeah. in this lore. Yeah. yeah, they talk about yeah goblin underwear quite a bit. <laughs> um, I love they have. Oh, excuse me, their little police force. They call them copper hats. Yeah, so they've got cops as well, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, slightly derogatory name for the longshore marshals. Um, but I'm reading here, and it also talks about how. Uh, Despite the Caradron's undoubted technological mastery, their existence can be a difficult one. Packed together in almshouses and work halls like tinned gobfish, they toil daily for a relative pittance. Although Caradron society is proudly meritocratic, factory bosses have a vested interest in ensuring their downtrodden workers do not rise above their station. Yeah, That sounds uh, too scaveny for me. Well, it sounds. it doesn't sound very... Dwarfy, you know what I no, mean? No, it does. It sounds scaveny to me. Or, or I kind of picture it kind of like kind of like Victorian England, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's these super posh palaces where these fancy pants admirals live and all these guys. And then you kind of like, there's like the merchant class and then those guys are still doing pretty good. And then there's like, you know, the, the scum 
of the of the cities. You know what I mean? They live in the crappy yeah. places and they do these terrible jobs. I'm like, but this is a meritocracy. They need to be able to rise up if they do well. And saying that, well, yeah. I don't want my best to get too much because they'll leave and then I'll be stuck. It's like, oh, that's yeah. that's not cool. That's, that's pretty. That's pretty low, right? Yeah, that's that doesn't, sound, doesn't sound very dwardeny or dwarfy no, to me. It doesn't. It sounds scaveny. It sounds very self, uh, you know, self-helping and, uh, you know, stepping on those beneath you. Right. Um, the new tech that they're building is awful for pollution. Yeah. Uh, not only are they just dumping it out of the skies on whatever's below them, um, but the stuff that doesn't dump, the stuff that's pumping out of the system is, is, is bad for them. Yeah, I love those part- Dawnbringers. <laughs> those Dawnbringers who make the mistake of reclaiming arable land under the flight path of a skyport soon realize the error of their ways when their hard-won crops begin to wither and die at the passage of heavy, foul-smelling clouds high above. Yeah. Gosh darn it! <laughs> exactly. It's these guys. These guys. Their tech is is kind of it's terrible. Uh, and it, it's bad for them, too. It says in here, their weapons factories have led to heavy pollution, bringing with it diseases such as sky miners' consumption. Okay, that's what, is that, that's not emphysema, that's, yeah, is that emphysema? Is that consumption? Uh, yeah. Okay. Iron scale. I don't even know what that is. That and sounds the, terrible. And the dreaded glow lung. <laughs> Wow. Glow lung? Sounds like black lung, right? Yeah, except it's... Like a coal miner thing? Yeah, except this, it's glowing? Like, you start to... Oh, that (laughs) that would be so weird. Yeah. Although it does say, ether chemists have dedicated an entire arm of its alchemical labs to uncovering cures for these epidemics using subdermal infusions of ether gold, but it's only for the rich people. Well, yeah, because it's ether gold. You have to be able to pay for your own ether gold. Don't they have like universal health care on the skyships? Come on, no universal health care. No, these guys are capitalists through and through. So it's basically Victorian England on the skyships. Is what we're is that we're going for here? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and actually, yeah. I think it's moving more towards the corporations of of your cyberpunk era and your yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. The corporation, the business owns all. In fact, they yeah. talk a lot about how being a meritocracy, you know, your lineage doesn't matter. And even though your family might be important to you, once you join, once you if you pass, which we're going to mm-hmm. get to, mm-hmm. once you join a crew, like that's your family. Yeah. That's right. it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we got here? The they talk about the fate of uh, the realm of metal, and I love how when it talks about it, how it was completely organized. It was a beautiful, well organized place that they were going through, and it was Zinch that turned it into this insane realm. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, and that's just that's a really cool thing when you get some of that background. Mm-hmm. Uh, space timeline. Um. What's golem kind? I, I Can don't I just know. come right out? Because I got that in big, yeah, yeah, yeah. big letters written right here in the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, what? I know. It's just they just kind of float that in there. It's like, oh, here's a new race. Clans of humans, Dwarden and golem kind coexist for centuries. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I also like how they start using shamanite first. Caymanite? Caymanite? Oh, isn't it pronounced Shaman? Isn't that the name of the I realm? It's Cay- I think it's Caymon. I've never heard anybody pronounce it that way. It's Caymanite. Mm, okay. 
Uh, and the firelit holds they're safe and prosperous. This is stuff we know. The gold flood is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, they ruined the economy. Hmm. Everyone was using gold, and they're like, that's great. We could mine more than you. And then they caused superinflation. Yeah, they bankrupted. Yeah, they broke the moral realms, monetary system. They Yes, they ruined the entire economy of the mortal realms. Because <laughs> they have in Kamon, the realm of metal. Guess what? Gold's pretty common. Yep. Um. The eccentric, the eccentric engineers, the old ones called the steamhead, yeah. harness strange materials. That's when they discover the ether cold, ether gold, called the breath of Grungni. Uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see the greed of Zinch. He brings in the load Griffin. This is very cool and hard. Yeah, the load Griffin. Yeah, the load Griffin is. I mean, that's that's like original AOS lore right there. And it's you read that part, and it's it's sad. Yeah, what 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 Zinch did to this world, uh, you know? Yeah, he like goaded it there, tricked it to go there, and and wrecked things, and they have to go after it. Yeah, so they have they they try once to kill it, and they failed terribly, and then they go back with like a bunch of wizards. Uh, which okay, and I realize maybe they don't know that Zinch's magic number is nine, but yeah. suddenly you manage to get nine wizards. As soon as I yeah. saw that, I'm like, that ain't good. Yeah. And of so course, one, one of, those of them is a giant gaunt summoner. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not there to wreck things with them. He's actually there as they're attacking the load, Griffin. Yeah. You know, it's there for him to die, but he's there to, as it dies, focus all that to tear open reality. Yeah. I wonder if he gets killed in that explosion. Oh, I'm certain he probably did. But if he was a gaunt summoner, wouldn't that be, I mean, isn't he... He ain't a demon. He's a dude. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I wonder what happened to him. Maybe he transported himself to his silver portal and got away. Yeah, maybe. Let's see. Age of Chaos, <laughs> they escape up to the clouds. Yeah. We all know that. The sky ports happen. The sky wars start. Yeah, the sky wars were against flying stuff. So mm-hmm. Zinchi monsters. So bloodthirsters. much. Bloodthirsters, I guess. Why not? Could, can they fly? Yeah, I guess they can. Well, they're just flying. Uh, let's see. And then uh, they hold a council with yeah. the enemies close around them, and they they that's when they put together the code. Right, because they have to have this thing because there's all these skyports now, and they're all fighting over the same substance, ether gold. They need it. All of them need it. And they and and unless they work together, they're not going to... I mean, Zinch is picking them all off one by one, and they're, right. they, you, there's, there can be no more fighting amongst each other. They had to be unified, and now they are. Yeah. And that Battle of the First Coalition comes in, and boy, did they... They, they, did, a, they did good. Yeah, they lay the smack down on old Zinch. Um, I got a question. Yeah. Uh, page 24, Marrow Break Spire. Mm-hmm. That's when they. Uh, this is a fun one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Uh, so, uh, clouds of ether gold draw the air fleets of Baraknar to a bleak corner of Shimon, known uh, for the dangerous insanity of its inhabitants. The ghouls of the region's flesh eater courts see the magical luminescence of the ether gold as a gift from their god Nagash. The fools, of course, it is. Um, can they can see ether gold in the air? Is it visible to everybody in the air? I, I don't. Because it says they yeah, can yeah, see it. A, can can see any? It. I mean, like I anyone can see it. You can see like a shimmering. It's like it's described as like a shimmering dust. Okay, 
So I, I kind of felt like it was almost like Ur Gold, where you have to know what it is to tell it apart from regular gold. I thought yeah. the Ether Gold was there, just sort of in the air, but I, I didn't, I did, I thought it was lighter than air. I didn't think it was visible. Yeah, because they, they can see it shimmering, so that's how they know where to. Gotcha, you know, and then, gotcha, they, and then, gotcha. the, and then the, those na- those navigator guys, they can they have the instruments to find it easier. Right. Um. Then you get the marrow break spire. Well, then they basically they go in there and they they try to uh, they try to bargain with them and the the flesh eater courts won't bargain. And as they said earlier, when you won't bargain, we'll just kill you and take it. Mm-hmm. It must be a pretty nasty place. Like we already know, flesh eater courts are gross. Yeah, they're charnel houses. It's disgusting. Mm. Uh, makes a Rob Zombie movie look you know like Disneyland <laughs> as far as how clean it is. Yeah. Um. The survivors of this battle are haunted by what they saw over the course of the battle. Most of them never again able to eat red meat or find a full night's sleep. That's got to be something pretty horrendous. Yeah. I mean, on a level I can't even imagine if you're putting Dwarden off their food and their sleep. So so the admirals of Baragnar deem the sacrifice worthwhile nonetheless. So... Not only do they not have universal health care, they don't have like psychological assistance for their no nope, no mental health care either no no mental health care. Look, we and lost nothing. a lot of men, and a lot of these guys are kind of useless now. And what do they? Hey, did we get all the did we get all the ether gold in the cash? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're good. Good good job, guys. All these poor guys have. PTSD yeah. and are wandering the moral realm. I know it's it's kind of sad and crazy how like <laughs> they do these fights. Like yeah, well, too bad, so sad. Yeah. We got the cash. Uh, the Necroquake, also known as the Garaktormun. Yeah, I just like that name, the Garaktormun, Great Garaktormun. Gale of Death. And that happens, and then you basically get you know some other. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this stuff's okay. What else is in here? You get Night Hunt Erware. Yeah, we got it. Um, metaliths for sale. Yeah, this is some nonsense. Yeah, of course. Who comes out on the short end of this? The Dawnbringer Crusades. Of course they do. Well, because here, okay, so we know the Dawnbringers bring them out on those floating metaliths, right? Yeah. They realize, oh, all these Dawnbringer Crusades use these floating metaliths. They all mm. need it to go through. All right. Yeah. And so what are we gonna kinda, do? They're, they're, they're just floating around. They're just floating anybody? around in nature, right? So what yeah. do they do? Yeah. Let's go gather them all up. So that nobody has any, and then we can sell them to these guys. These poor, broke pioneers need this to go out. What I do like is where it says that Dawnbringer Crusades are sacred endeavors, and those who seize that which they need to make them a reality may as well declare war. Yeah. And that's, I think, interesting. It's like they went and got all the medalists together. I mean, that is a total jackhole move. It really (laughs) is. It's kind of like the guys who go on like one of one of those like Horace Heresy books, like the Siege of Tarot, and they buy fifty copies. Yeah, they, just they, so buy, they, can... they, they, they buy all the, the copies of the special edition, like as soon as they go on sale, so that, that they can that, turn around. Yeah, yeah, that's these guys. That's so, these guys. Yeah. So whatever hate and loathing you have of those scalpers, 
just direct it at these dudes. That's because that's exactly what they're doing. And it's terrible. And then they do a compromise is reached. They will give the medaliths to the Vindicarum free of charge yeah. on the understanding that Beric Zilfin is awarded a lucrative escort contract for each war expedition. Yeah, yeah. So Sigmar himself has to get involved with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's so he said so the Vindicar- so the Vindicarum is the is the city in that area. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, they say the citizens of Vindicarum. So it's like, so, yeah, so we're talking the Stormcast Eternals have to get involved here. They're like, come on, man. But, see, now, I almost <laughs> find it funny, though, because incensed, the Vindicarum captains bring forth three Luminarchs. <laughs> yeah. Three. And they open fire on yeah. one of the medalists. I, I and I'm like, oh, you, what? No. How many, how many, how many Luminarchs were shooting the gash? Do, a dozen. Was it a dozen? <laughs> they a went. They put three on this ship. Yeah, and then it turned it red hot. Did not blow it up. Turned it red hot. Finally, right. the guys in the ship said enough, and just uh, <laughs> just drop bombs on them. Yes, yeah. just devastate these guys. It goes back and forth like this. It's nonsense. Um, they're awful, uh, but that whole fight was just a joke. It really was a joke. Like when they went after him, and basically this compromise was reached because the Lord Celestant Dire Blade of the Celestial Vindicator stops this war. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now aren't the Celestial Vindicators like the bloodthirsty dudes who will just kill anyone? Are they? I think they are. That would be hysterical if it took them. Those guys are the guys who brokered the peace. Okay. Now, this is the absolute best part of the book. Of Grundy oh, yeah. and Golem kind. Yeah, like, what? The Golem kind. Okay, I'm yeah. just going to read this because it's one paragraph. Hmm. The ancient allies of the Duarden, unseen since the age of myth, feel the presence of the maker god once more. The Golem kind emerge from the dusty cog hall so long sealed against the predations of the age of chaos. And through judicious lo- use of flare cannonades, make contact <sighs> with the Caradron air fleets. Their hope, the yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Go their, ahead. Their hope is, through Grungni's divine intervention, to secure a new realm stone power source and begin life anew as a force in the mortal realms. Yeah. What is happening here? I, I want know. this army. I think they just invented a new race. Yeah. And they just plopped it here. And that's fantastic. This is the best part of the book. And the next part is the second best part of the book. <laughs> Because I love Imoda uh, Barastor. She's shown up in stories before, the noted cartographer. She's yeah. not the captain. She's the, she's the person she's who the makes navigator. the maps. Yeah. yeah, she's the navigator. She starts to realize through the cave art these pictures um, that, uh, and it's, it delineates the cave network of the land. She learns the cave art is pictures of Kragnos. Yeah, uh, it's a picture of uh, uh, this monster the same size as the other, and they call them just centaurs. Around it, eventually grows larger in successive paintings. It's Kragnos, and she's sitting there. And according to the thermoscopes or the thermoscopes, the pigment register registers as crushed amber stone. Amber bone, yeah. Or amber bone, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she compares notes with the ether chemists of Baraknar and draws an interesting conclusion. The centauroid king in the sketches, whose mace and shield mark him without a doubt as Kragnos, was once as mortal as any other uh, member of the Draugr race. It's possible 
that all of the gods, she's turning this over and over in her head, obsessing about it. It's possible all of the gods were once mortal and that nothing more than chance has seen them elevated to their divine status. If that's the case, what does that mean for Grungni? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I like, I've always wondered that. Like, what is it that suddenly turns you into a god? Like, right. You know, Sigmar was just walking around and doing all his stuff and defeating the gash, and then suddenly he walked off into the wilderness, and now he doesn't die. Like what? Right. He yeah, just huh? he sheds his humanity. Like how do you do that? They never explain it. They never they, talk they, they much kind, about they it. They kind of do in the Sigmar series. No, you never know. No, because even after he defeats Nagash in that trilogy, the God mm-hmm. King trilogy, or yeah. no, was, it, was it called the God King? No, it's called the, the Helden Hammer or yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, he just kind of takes off. Yeah, he just leaves, mm-hmm. and it's it's it's. I get Some it. sort of apotheosis. Yeah, I get it. They don't explain it. I'm not going to complain too much, but I like that somebody brought it up, mentioned yeah. it, noticed it, and now it's like, oh. Well, that's what happened with uh, with Grimnir, right, and Grugni in the world that was. They just kind of they were Valia, dwarves. They yeah. were they were dwarves. Well, and that 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 came up earlier in the book, though. They mm-hmm. talked about that that all mm-hmm. these guys were just once this, and it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Yep. I mean, Nagash. I mean, is he technically a god? Not really. I mean, he, uh, he is. He's not he's technically. Still, he absolutely. I has don't know. He. I mean, he. He's only alive because he resurrected himself a bunch of times. Because he's made himself immortal. Mm-hmm. He got down to a single fleck of ash of him being left, yeah. and he's back. But does he that make him? In, a, does that does that make him a god though? As he went into the, don't forget, he went into the realms of the dead even before the world that was was destroyed. Yeah, found all the gods in the realms of the dead and ate them. Right. So they're saying that they, they, all I, their I, power. I believe they were saying that that's what gave him apotheosis, right? Yeah, but but I'm saying he's in the, a god in the in yeah. the in the, in the, Naga, in the Nagash End Times book. Mm-hmm. Well, so right. good. So man, those yeah. End Times books are so. I, mean, I still have them I, sitting I have, on my shelf. I have such a love hate relationship with those. Oh, I some have of those, a straight up some, love love relationship with those because some of those stories are really cool, really interesting, really neat, and some are just no <laughs> T- to me. I'm just like nope. I I choose I choose to believe that that didn't happen. I will ignore that. Well, you got to yeah. take the good with the bad, my friend. No, no I. <laughs> you gotta take <laughs> no. the good with the bad, my friend. All right, no. uh, we got one last bit because we're not going to get to all the uh, named characters and stuff like the actual unit lists because we'll cover that when we get to the lore. I mean, uh, to the war section of this episode. Yeah. Um, but I love the Sky Fleets, and I don't want to go through all the description of how it works, but there's some really mm-hmm. cool stuff here. Um, I love that it says, when the true riches of the vaults above were plundered, once they found all the best stuff is up in the skies, yeah. all plans to return to their former existence as mountain dwellers were abandoned. Yeah, I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, they just realized, you know what? This is actually a better way for us to live, which makes me sad because mountain dwelling Dwarden are my favorite Dwarden. Uh, even the Fire Slayers, who I want to love them too. If I had a couple more varieties of units, I would love them. Because honestly, I didn't get to play with them too often. But the Slayers were always my favorite part of the Dwarf Army. Uh, really? Yeah, well, especially with Gotrek becoming one. That sure. was great. The fact that you had literally four levels. You had your basic one. You had yeah. a sort of a champion troll, level. Troll, which, troll Slayer? Yep. 
and Giant then, Slayer. Giant Slayer, which was like a champion level. They were he better won, than went, them. Yep. But you could you make but the thing was you could make the whole unit those. Uh, yes, no, you the, could. The, the, the Giant Slayers were the champions for the Troll Slayers. No, you could make a whole unit of Giant Slayers if you paid for it. It wasn't just one you could turn up. Check your book, because I remember that. I'll look it up later. And then, yeah, because you could have units of all of that. And then you had... Dragon Slayers. And then Demon Slayers. And that Demon was the, the hero and that lord the, versions. That was, that was the... Uh, that was those, the, drag, the Demon Slayer was the penultimate guy. He had the biggest... The biggest... Hair and the in well, that the was army. before because yeah, it was in uh, in the old game. You had heroes and lords. Yes, yeah, the hero so was, was the like, dragon slayer. Yeah. yeah, and the lord was the demon slayer. So you have two different levels of hero, which was very cool because you had the the wizard hero and the wizard lords and the yeah, lizard, yeah and yeah. so you'd pay for that extra. But right, it and then was, you had then you had Gotrek. And then you had the Slayer King. Yep. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe you couldn't have all of them be Giant Slayers, but I thought you could. If you wanted to pay for it, I thought you could upgrade almost your whole What was whole the name of the, the Slayer Slayers. King? Was that Ungrim uh, Iron Fist? Uh, no. Yeah, Ungrim Iron Fist. And he was, yeah, he was the Slayer was, King, right? Yeah, and yeah. Garagirim Iron Fist was his son. Yeah, Gary, yep, yep, yep. Yes, he was so cool. Yep. He was, yeah, he ran the the biggest place there where all when you came to be a Slayer, you came to him. Karak. I forget. But yeah, that was such a cool lore, and like I said, my favorite model Jerk still. I, and I have I have over a dozen of them because when now people now when people have find them, they actually sometimes will send them to me, or at least let me know and uh, let me buy them. Buy but what the um uh the slayers that that you could only get during the uh, oh the, the end times, not the oh, end no, times, the, the age of chaos, the storm of chaos, storm of chaos. Uh, which so the, was, oh the ra- the berserker guys, yeah, the ones yeah, who had the, the doom seekers, doom seekers. Yeah. Those are my absolute favorites with the with yeah. the with the axe heads on yeah, the I ends never, of the chain. I never had any of those. I've got a, I've got about twelve. Wow, I've just been I, I when I see them online, I buy them. Wow. I don't have any use for them. You, there's not a model you can use. They're gorgeous, and I love them. And I am sad because they did make them out of the pewter, and the the chain yeah, has that yeah, nice bend in it to the axe yeah. head, and the, uh, several of them the have, the have time, broken yeah. off. Do you have the axe hewer? The uh, the goblin hewer? Or, yeah, the goblin hewer. Do you have that? McKyson's? I had yeah. it. I don't know if I have it anymore. I think I might have sold it. I always wanted it, but I never got it. I bought it. I bought everything. I have long drawn Slayer pirates around uh, here somewhere. I have. A, I think I have a couple of those. I bought a couple of boxes of them, and I still yeah. have about a dozen left. I sold a bunch of it when I was clearing out stuff, and I needed money for college. Like I sold my dwarf army. Right. You know, I have. A, I've had, like I have a dwarf skeleton from that regiment of renown. Remember that? Yeah. guy? Yeah. I wish I still had my dwarf <laughs> army. You know, but what are you gonna do? Hmm. Um. Let's see. What else we got here? Skyfleet, other stuff that they talk. Retired heroes and veteran captains. So this, is okay, this I think, is really cool. Um, competition to be an Arcanaut, which is the lowliest, the battle line right. of these guys. It's but fierce. Because if you're not on a fleet, you're working in the Skyport. And those are the guys working in the factories and the crappy jobs that they like that we mentioned earlier. It's yeah. a meritocracy, but sometimes those guys in the crummy positions get held back right. by managers who don't want their best guys to yeah, leave. You're, you're working in the Megalofin canning factory. <laughs> Sucks. Um, 
But so it says competition is fierce in the aeronautical academies. Retired heroes and veteran captains pass judgment upon those who would join this august brotherhood, offering ratings only to those who truly excel. Their near miserly approach to such elevation comes from a place of self-interest. Should they pick a shaky prospect, it's their own shares and investments that'll pay the price. So they only they're only taking the best of the best. Yeah, because you have to be. Everybody's. It's all Top Gun here. You're not just a soldier. You gotta be one of the best, or else. Because if 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 you pick someone who's gonna mess up, there that messes up your cash flow. You never know it from the war scrolls, but you know, okay. <laughs> uh, you know what? The, no, I think that's the best of the best, which means the guys living on the skyport must be easy pickings. But that's yeah, they not, must not be too great. Let's see. Um. All ships. I, a- I remember when every dwarf was a warrior. Every dwarf yeah. had an axe and a crossbow. He could call his own and defend his hold against all enemies. Yeah, and I'm assuming those guys that work in the factories in the in the megalophon or the, megal- the megalophon canning factory. Yeah, even those guys are going to have weapons and stuff and be a decent fighter. But man, it just—it's no. not like the old Dwarden who no. they had regular jobs, but you could tell each one of those guys was a warrior. So these these did you ever, did you ever play the game uh, Dragon Age? I did not. Okay, so I the know dwar- people so, who did. So the dwarves in that were are kind of like the dwarves in this. They kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love they talk about the code. Every ship must have a captain, and while he's aboard, none save the Admiralty may gainsay him. Um, this whole passage, if you're interested, if you like this sort of camaraderie, this sort of stuff, um, this whole thing talks about how you know these guys come from everywhere, but once they're on a boat, yeah, that's, event, that's it. the battles uh, get them, and they become family. They become tighter than family, mm-hmm. and that captain is their father. Also, if your captain's screwing up, you can do a vote of no confidence and kick him out, and then he just goes down. He just loses rank, and then he sinks or swims on his own merits like everybody else. I suppose if you lost the rank of captain, you could eventually earn that rank back. Yeah, because it's a meritocracy. Because it's a meritocracy. But that's yeah. it. You could also, and it's, like, it's no bloody mutinies like you know this other stuff. It's logical. You're you're costing us cash. You're not right. getting the job done. We're yeah. voting, and they vote him out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic. Uh, each air fleet has an organizational basis as tried and tested as as uh, it's a tried and tested part of the code. So the the fleet organization is listed in the code. You were yeah. right. That code is super like over the, you know it's over the top. Yeah. We're not following the old traditions. We're going to do our own thing and then we uh-huh. write a whole list of rules that everybody yeah. has to follow yeah. to live by. It's the same freaking thing. It absolutely is. And then you got the six major cities, which we'll talk about a little bit when we talk about their rules. But right now, I think it's time for a break. Yeah. We have finished the lore. (laughs) We're going to take a break. Uh, It's been an hour. It's been over an hour. But we finished the lore. Hooray. We'll go through. We'll come back. What we'll do is we'll get all the specialty, like, rulesy stuff. Then we'll take our last break. Then we'll cover the units and wrap this up. We'll be right back. There's always something happening at Crognards. That's right, friends. Crognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. The premier stop for your 
gaming needs in Northeast Illinois. If you're in the Chicagoland area, if you're in Southeast Wisconsin, if you're anywhere in the area, Grognards is the place for you. They've got board games. They've got card games. They've got all the models you could ever want for any of your miniature war games. They have so many lines of paints, I can't even keep track of it. They've expanded the store. They have a whole huge gaming area now. There is gaming every night. There is always something going on. I just can't tell you enough about Grognards. Why? Because they're awesome. Because they're fantastic. And because they are the best friendly local gaming store that I know of. So do yourself a favor. Come on down to Grognards in Roselle, Illinois. If you can't get down to Grognards, give them a call. They do mail order. They do shipping. You can get your stuff from them whether you live five minutes away or five hours away. Because Grognards delivers. They deliver the goods. They deliver the fun. They deliver everything. And that's because there is always something happening at Grognards. We are back. We're back again. Back, we're back, we're back. All we're right, back, so we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, <laughs> back, back, back. <laughs> yes, here we are. Oh God, I'm stupid. All right. <laughs> oh dear Lord, you're blowing my eardrums out. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, all right. So rules. Now I know we didn't go over each lore of each individual unit. Um, no. But I, I can't. Once again, they did a nice job. With most of this stuff, making rules that blend into the army. There's one Indeed. or two things that I pointed out that I said, I'm not certain how well this, mm. I'm not certain, you know, how this one fits into the lore so well other than by name, but yeah. I mean, you know, you got to give it something. So we'll see what they did. Um, all right. So basic battle traits, you got you can pick a Skyport, one of your six. Um, yep, Barak Nar, Barak Zilpin, Barak Zan, Barak Urbaz, Barak Mornar, and Barak Thring. Throng. Yeah. And we, Thring? I thought it was Thring. But we will get to those special rules. They've all got a fancy special rule, and we'll hit those yeah. in just a bit. Now, their biggest thing is their Sky Fleets. Um, yep. It's like 40K. Yeah, it's got a rule for transport vessels, and then there's half a page of rules, or a little over half a page of rules. Mm-hmm. How Embarking, you can, disembarking. Yep. You want to take this, uh, you know, yep. how this works? Yeah, so they could do this before. They can do it again slightly better now. So during deployment, you can put a Skyfarer unit in a transport vessel. Cool. And then in the movement phase... If it finishes within three inches of a transport vessel, and you know you can say that transport vessel will embark that unit, so the skyfarer unit goes inside. Okay. And then the transport vessel can move. So it has to; they have to embark before they move. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so when it's in, it, yeah. So it, yeah. So we're in a transport vessel. You count the range for that. Yeah, that unit is still in the game, so they can shoot. But they count as their range from the base of the transport vessel. Okay. And you can you can actually shoot at the unit that's in the transport vessel instead of the transport vessel. Just minus one to hit. Yeah, it gives them cover, 
and they're minus one to hit. Okay. Now, but that when you're in the transport vessel, you cannot contest objectives. So the the ship can contest, but they yeah. those those guys don't count as contesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you can embark them even if it has moved. Okay. So you can mm-hmm. embark before or after they move. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so you can you can fly the unit to the you can fly the transport vessel to the unit. They can get in. You can put or the unit in the, vessel in the transfer vessel, and then it can move. Cool. And if they're in the vessel when it starts its move, they count as having moved. Yep. Okay. All right. And then to disembark, what do we do next? So in your movement phase, if a friendly Skyfarer unit is embarked in a transport vessel that has not yet moved, you can say they will get out, disembark. So all those guys in this thing, the Skyfair unit, have to deploy within three inches of that vessel and more than three inches of enemy units, and then they can move. Okay, so they, ha- they have to disembark before the ship moves, but then they, can, they yeah. can still move afterwards. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but they get like an extra three-inch push when you jump out of the boat, which is kind of cool. Okay, what do you mean they get a three-inch push? So, so it says oh, they can be, okay, with wholly within three inches of the transport vessel, which is... Oh, right, so you can get a couple inches out. If you can line yeah. them up straight across, they'll all be up a bit. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, yep. so you just kind of like circle them around the transport <sighs> vessel and like that little semicircle. Or if you've got a smaller unit, if you kind of fly up the ship and turn it sideways so the long mm-hmm. piece of the base is right. facing outward, they can all just jump out three. Okay. Yep, yep. and if you're in it, when the transport vessel gets blown up, uh, everybody in the thing rolls on a one. Uh, they're they're counted slain. And then they have to disembark. But if they can't disembark uh, where they're more than three inches from enemy units, they're mm-hmm. slain as well. So if I blow yeah. up a ship and yeah. I'm surrounding it, right? a lot of those disembarking dudes are to- they're pretty much all dead. Yeah. Yeah, you can surround what you can surround it. Okay. That so these sense. are I think these are basically the same rules as forty K. I think so. Not a hundred percent. I believe they're pretty much the same rules. Mm. Pretty good. I mean, yeah. And now there are some things where you can break some of these rules further in. You know, you, where you can like. Yeah. Well, and there's yeah. one in here that I thought was really good. That if you blow up, you can drop. You don't have to roll, and you don't have to be more than three inches away. You just have to put them on the on the table near where the boat yeah. was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Which they have like is, parachutes. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so once we're embarking and disembarking, then they've got their code. You get one article, one amendment, and one footnote, and there's three of each. Yeah. And so this is your particular code. They've all got that code book, yeah. the rules they live by. But you know your yeah, this particular is, this is fleet. Br- this, is, this is brand new. The code I thing. Know. I thought the code thing was in there before. Was it really? I don't. I'm almost positive it is. Re- is it yeah. okay? Yeah, oh, I'm is, I don't remember, 99% honestly. positive this was in there before. Okay. Yeah, because you got to pick. The Iron Sky Command abilities Oh, okay. are different. All right, gotcha. Yeah, those are new. Co- the, those are command abilities now. They get commands they can issue to the Sky Vessels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of like the fly high and the disengage. Yeah. Um, but now you've got uh, combat landing as well, and now mm-hmm. they, they require a command point. Right. See, they had fly high and disengage before, but now they're called Iron Sky Command Abilities. Because, oh, okay. you know, you got to give them a name. You got something cool. But so, so articles, yeah. yeah. So, so pick one of each. Pick, there's three in each category. 
and you pick one of each. So I'm looking at this, mm-hmm. um, and these are all small things. I don't, I don't feel like a lot of this that's is going to be game changing. This honor is everything is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and I'm seeing this a lot. Rally on a four up instead of a six up. You're seeing this in a lot of the books come up. Someone or something mm-hmm. will give you a chance to do this. Yeah, uh, I love that one mm-hmm. because it's just always okay. You know, especially in an army like this, that seems like you've got a couple of big shifts. Now, obviously, there are only one ship per unit, so you're not rallying back entire boats. But those units, man. Yeah, if you have a big Arcanaut unit, mm-hmm. let's face it. I mean, they don't. They're not very tough do the units themselves so if they get no. shot up a bunch no. you can rally them is cool it's uh, they're oddly it's funny um you know dwarves dwarves were known for their armor yeah. and they would stand there like a wall you just come at mm-hmm. them and they keep firing and by the time what's left gets to them you break against their shields and their armor right dwarden they're at least the two dwarden races that are dwarden races that are unique to the to the age of sigmar yeah, yeah. They are not armor heavy, man. No, they are no. not at all. I mean, I get it. You got to be able to move around and fly and float and mm-hmm. jump. You can't wear all that heavy armor. It makes sense, but it right. still seems so. It's one of right. the things that makes them. Remember, I said I want old school Dwarden. Yeah, <laughs> that's this is one of the things. Like, what do you mean they don't have just the, the, <laughs> the you know dowdy tough armor guys? Yeah, I, I wonder mean, if the inspiration for this army was like some guys like watching like old eighties movies and. Just happens to click on like Flash Gordon. He's like, aha. Well, it could be a bit of Flash Sky Gordon. Dwarves. I, I, I don't know. I still I'm going to put wings on them. Well, if you're going to do that, remember Brian Blessed, who voiced the <laughs> yeah. Gotrek in the book, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was the king of the, the, the Skyhawk people. Right. Um, Master of the Skies, <laughs> I think, is always good. Yeah. Plus two. Plus two to your move for all right. your sky vessels. Yep. You can't. Well, I mean, that. you can't. Yeah. If you're going to have a lot of ships, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. See I gotta assume. Does anybody would, make armies of this without boats? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. Why would you? I mean, you can, you can, you can play this as a horde army. You could. You could. I mean, they're slow, mm-hmm. and I, but I just, I feel like you lose so much. I mean, you mm-hmm. wouldn't use half the models because right. even half of the units are like there's so many. First of all, going through this, so many units that can heal the boats. Yes. You know, yeah. and then it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. if you're near this guy, you get extra bonuses to heal the boats, heal the boats, heal the right. boats. Like, if you take out the boats, you take out half of those units, yeah. uh, or at least they're useful. Yeah. There's probably a build where you could just bring, like, 90 Arcanauts, <laughs> like, three units backed up by Thunderers, and then maybe the Grunstock gunboats as, like, your, as, your, as your fast little ships. Yeah, maybe. You can make one of those. You can make a Grunstock gun. You can make one of those little transport vessels. You can stick a character in there. Well, yeah. Now the frigates totally changed up new now. Anyway, we got to talk about that when we yeah, get yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty cool. So yeah. that's the article. You pick one article, okay? Yeah, so he, either yes. either rally on a four two inch added to your movement. Um, you settle the grudge. You pick a uh, pick an enemy unit. Add one to wound for against that unit. Yeah. And, sure. You know that, that might was, be a, that might be a good one, but you have to pick, you, you can't get before the game starts. That's the thing. You're picking this when you write your list, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, plus one to wound the thing against yeah. that. Th-. I mean, I don't know. I guess if you know like yeah. what your friend is bringing, he's like bringing the gash or something. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> settle the grudges. <laughs> plus one to wound against the gash. Like something uh-oh. that might have a big, you know, you know, they play yeah. monsters or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something I want to take out. Plus one to wound against Stormcast wouldn't be bad. Well, yeah, it's one enemy unit. 
Yeah, picking a unit. Yeah, but I'm saying right, against yeah. Stormcast, if you know you're playing oh, them, there's always yeah. a hero oh, or yeah, a monster, yeah, yeah, something right, you want to crack. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So the, then the amendments. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, I still think the first one on this one's the best one too. Yeah. Start always your, take away your ode. Uh, pick one Arcanaut company unit. Uh, each model counts as two models for contesting objectives. Yeah, contesting objective. That's cool. Yeah. I just played a game. Where it came down to who, I mean, basically who controlled this one objective, and that was if I had had Arcanauts there, I would have, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, huge. The other one, prosecute the war with all haste once per turn in your movement phase. When you make a run roll, you can roll two d six. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's not bad, especially since there's so many of these things that you can run and still shoot with. Mm-hmm. You know. If I can run two d six on top of yeah. that and then shoot, that's I mean that's yeah, a big cause, deal because you can run with one of your boats, I guess. Well, yeah, because it just says it's got to be a Caradron Overlords unit, yeah. and yeah. that right. it that's yep. one. Yep, and then trust your guns once per turn in your shooting phase. Reroll one hit roll of one of one for an attack. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I didn't mark that one up either. And just it's just if you roll if you have like six dice or four dice one's a one re-roll it once per shooting phase oh maybe I mean I mean in a game where there's not these new books re-rolls are very rare right yeah I mean this is this is I was surprised to see that I was like really. Yeah, well, once per turn, in your one hit roll of one, it, you yeah. know, it's a, once again, it's a KO unit. So mm-hmm. your stupid giant cannon that hits on twos yep. that does a yeah. billion damage, yeah, you know, that's actually yeah. not a bad pick if you're mm-hmm. if you're heavy onto mm-hmm. that type of stuff because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of things in here that oh, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, yeah, the, dr- the drill cannon two attacks like a oh, home man, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it would yeah. be nice to. Because, I mean, I've even, you know, any army you're playing against it, that guy's got that one attack, anything but, and he rolls that one, and he's like, ah. And you're like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Stupid dwarves. <laughs> yeah. And then I, th- I think the, the last one, so you got your articles, which is how we, how we run our ship, the amendments, because you got to make some changes along the way, and then footnotes, mm-hmm. some explanatory stuff. Yeah. Um, I like no reward without risk. You know, once per battle in the charge phase, you can charge 3d6. Instead of two d six, if you're yeah. within eighteen, which honestly, if it's a crucial role, man, if I, you know, how many times I've, I'm, you know, like I used to like to play when I was playing with the early, um, um, night haunt, mm-hmm. you know, drop them in, got to get that nine, got to get that nine, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, okay, you know what, and then you you miss <laughs> the nine and you and you spend your point for a re roll on your charge yeah. roll, mm-hmm. and then you still, you know what, I don't need to be eighteen inches away, I need to be less than getting yeah. a three d six. One, you know, it's only once per battle, though. A lot of the mm-hmm. once per battle stuff, I always try to look at sideways. But all the footnotes are once per battle, right? So of all of them, getting that three d six for the charge, I know I got to make is, yeah. I feel like that's a big deal. Yep. Um, and then no trading with some people. At the end of any at the end of the enemy shooting phase, pick a friendly skyfarer's unit that was targeted by shooting. That unit can shoot. Yep. And now the what are, Skyfarers. Sky yeah, what's a, what's a Skyfarers? You know, those are the. I think those are the those are troops. The, those are the troops. Uh, basically, every troop I think is listed as a Skyfarer. The only things uh, that aren't Skyfarers are the boats. Yeah, the characters are all Skyfarers, yep. and all the and yeah, all yep. the all the dudes. Everyone's a Skyfarer because they can all get in a boat. 
So literally it's, everything but the boats. Yeah, the boats are not sky. They're sky vessels. Right. So, yeah. So once per battle, you can pick one non-boat unit that was shot at. Yeah. And uh, shoot back. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, once per battle at the start of any phase, and one of your sky vessels can get two commands instead of only one. Yeah. So like I said, I, I, I personally like the 3D6 charge. That's just me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking if I've got yeah. this stuff, I want to make sure they get in. How many times have has have you really needed to get that charge off? And you're like, son of a gun. Yeah. Dropping in and leaving your guys exposed on the crossing your fingers, betting heavy to win heavy that yeah. you make that charge, you know. Um, but then you also have these command abilities, right? So for- combat landing, fly high, and disengage. Yeah. Uh, so Arcanaut admirals. Yeah. So only the Arcanaut admiral can do this. Yeah. So if you have a way to shut down command abilities, <laughs> shut that down. Yeah. Um. The first one, combat, end of the movement phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to give it to a transport vessel, which I think is all of them except the small boat, right? right. You think... can't. You, there's a there's a way you can make one of those a transport vessel. Yes, there is something in here that does that. That's right. Yeah. What is that? Where's the gun start? Where's the hauler? Oh, it's like a. Yeah, the gun hauler. That one, yeah, is not. Uh... It's not a. It's, but there's a way to do it. There's like a an artifact you can give it or right. something like that. So any units embarked in that vessel can immediately disembark. Uh, a unit that disembarks this way can't still move because it's at the end of the movement phase anyway, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. So any anyone embarked can disembark. Okay. Yeah. So you can because um, you have to disembark. It says before it moves. Does isn't that what it said? Yeah. So this time you can um, use this ability and disembark after the move. Right, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you can so you can take the thing, and you can fly to a spot. They can jump out. Right, and then they can disembark. Yeah, they normally can't jump out at the end of the move. That's mm-hmm. right. All right. Um, also, at the end of the movement phase, uh, friendly sky. Well, well, yeah. So oh. so they disembark, right? But they can't move. But they can charge. That's what right, because it's the end of the movement phase. So yep. they, they've once they get out, they can yeah, they can do their three inch jump out, and then they can charge. They can't normally do that. Right, right, right. Because normally, well, you disembark before the ship moves. I think you can still yeah. you can still when you disembark. Um, let's see, a unit that disembarks can still move. If you disembark before the ship, yeah, you can't get the ship's movement and your movement basically. Right. You can disembark at before. You can always disembark before the ship moves, and then you can yes. move. Yeah. But here you can disembark at the end, but no right. move. That's still great. But you can charge, right? Yeah, you can charge yeah. either way. It's the other one too. You know, you can well, disembark yeah, but, in the beginning and move, but then right. You know. But this one, you could, the 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 ship can move. It's sixteen. It's however fast it goes. And if the you guys get the can, plus two, yeah. So yeah, you the guys can, can top out within three inches, and then they can charge. Yeah, I mean, if your frigates can run. And the thing is, oh, they can run too. Yeah. So if the, you got a plus frig- two to your movement, you're moving your frigate or your, uh, yeah. or your. Um, well, I think if the frigate runs, th- the unit inside counts as running. Is that right? Do- does it? I don't know. 
I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not. You know what? Let's yeah, not get yeah. into the, the weeds. The nuances. Here. Okay. I'm just thinking. This is a nice thing. You can do this at the yep. end of your movement phase. Drop them out, and then they can go farther. Okay, cool. Uh, fly high. It's yep. uh, if you're more than three inches from enemy units, take them off the battlefield. Put them back anywhere more than nine inches and more than one inches from a terrain feature. So, yep. one inches, one inch from a terrain feature. <laughs> so yep. that's. I mean, basically, you got to command. You got to teleport commandability for all of your yeah. sky vessels, which is that's good. That's pretty cool. Oh, I'm in a really bad spot. I'm just going to go way over here. Yep. Especially if you've got, got, you know. Uh, Suddenly, this you, this army now in the new, uh, vert in the, in the new book. I mean, these objectives where you need these Galician champions. I mean, my God, like these guys are just going to get all the ones that are like far away just immediately. <laughs> yep. It's, imp- it's impossible to stop them, basically. Uh, and then finally, disengage at the. Uh, you can use this uh, in the movement phase. Uh, it's a sky vessel that hasn't moved yet. Obviously, mm-hmm. it can retreat and still shoot later in the turn. Yeah. So this isn't a bad one if you're in a if you're in a, a in a stuck if you're in yeah. a bad spot. Mm-hmm. I can retreat and still shoot, which is because these guns, especially these ships, that are. Riddled with guns. Yeah. You don't want to retreat if you have, yeah. if you, you know, if it's going to cost you that. So that's not and, a bad I mean, one either. Yeah, I mean, you might as well, right? I mean, if you're in combat with this, you know, with like your ironclad, like you don't want to be in combat. Really? I mean, you'd yeah. rather, you'd rather fly away and shoot at the thing you want to shoot at. Yep. And they're all, like I said, all command abilities. So they cost a command point. Yeah. But. This army, talk about an army who sits there and, and goes through the rules and the and the code and uh, manipulates it to their advantage. Yeah. There's a couple of ways to get a bunch of command points mm-hmm. with this army. I was surprised how many you could get, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not, that's not too bad. I mean, the code, you know, it's just a few extra rules that you kind of put together. It's, it's, it feels like a lot of bookkeeping, but I'm certain once yeah. you play the army a few times, it just becomes second nature. Yeah. Um and I think that's important to note. Uh the past couple of weeks we've there's been a lot of chit chat going around in the Warhammer community about this type of stuff. Um the game's too complicated now all of a sudden like that. Or, or I mean or or that there's just too many different things to keep track of and and, and yeah. you know what sometimes there are. Right. And and but this is one of those where that. if you you know more most important thing and I want to we're actually we're going to have an episode talking about little weird hobby-ish but game stuff which we don't do too often Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things it's like you know what know your rules yeah and that's not a lecture that's just uh if you love this army and you're going to be playing it for a while Mm -hmm. know your own rules like as well as you can do them because it just helps your game move quicker and it helps you how many times especially you and i will be playing something new something different i totally forgot to do this i've had stuff where i forgot to do it almost the whole game it's like wait a minute every turn i could be getting this oh i haven't yeah i I keep forgetting you know i mean i only just started i played probably i probably played 10 11 games with my guild of summoners i finally remembered like to roll my three pluses at the beginning of each turn with my pink horror standard bears. Like I just right. constantly forget. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, and that's that thing that that it's gonna make for a yeah. better game a better game for you. Like yeah. just overall that you know you yeah. played to your best ability yeah. Yeah. if you know them all. And there's right. I mean, a lot I, of little things here. Right. I mean I, I went with I was going through my rules again, think the game I just played, I'm like, oh my God, I 
for totally forgot about locus of change. Mm-hmm. Like I've yeah. got my I got my Zinch demon guy standing right next to my horrors, and I didn't use the locus of change. It's minus one to hit all Zinch demons within you, nine inches of that guy. Like, nope, I forgot every every round. <laughs> you, know, you know how many times I would put miners <laughs> to the side, and they were yeah. off to the side where I didn't see them, and I would forget to roll to bring them into the game. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's bananas. All right, all right so we got to pick a command trait. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there anyone in here that you like oh, the best? I, I, I like the X Grunstock one. Friendly Grunstock units have the battle line role. In addition, once per turn, you can issue them a command. Uh, you can issue a command to a friendly Grunstock unit without a command point being spent. The general can do that. That's not that's pretty cool. bad at all. Which ones? Are the, so the Grunstock are that's the, like that's like the Thunderers. Yeah. And the gunboats. Yeah. The the small boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate. Yeah, the small boat and then the thunderers that go with it. Those are the Grunstock. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Um, rerolling the etheric navigator, reading the winds. If you if you plan with them a little heavy, like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of character specific because once again all these guys have very specific jobs on the boats yeah you know which is kind of cool one of the things mm-hmm. i like about this army is like it does kind of have a lot of characters i wish there was a few more types of units but as you read through the rules every one of these characters has yeah. a special job and it's like you almost want to take a little bit of everything right you're like oh wait mm-hmm. these guys can do this there's a lot of guys that are healing your boats guys that are out there doing special this special that i can make mm-hmm. him move i can make him do this um. So yeah, the the navigators reading the wind. We'll talk about that when we get up to the navigators. Yeah, I mean, cunning fleetmaster is still probably the best one. That's though. the one that I have marked. I think is yeah. the best. End of the enemy movement phase. Mm-hmm. Pick a sky vessel within twelve inches of the general and more than twelve from the enemy units, and they can make a normal move. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bananas. Great. I can't move up to the way I'm going to charge you, but I'm going to. I can move up. I mean, anything. I'm over a foot away mm-hmm. from you guys. I get to bring him right in. Once it gets into the thick of battle, you won't see that. I mean, you could, you could, often. you could, you could hook this up with a redeploy. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Somebody moves up within nine inches of one of your boats. You're like, oh, redeploy, and you move four inches away. And now you're now. Now the three phase is over. Now I can move. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> I can move to where, yeah, I'm going to defend this, move here, block this. Yeah, basically you get to move twice in the enemy movement phase with a redeploy and with this rule. It's crazy. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And the tactical implications of that are just, I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can think of, I mean, there's so much stuff you can do with that. Mm-hmm. And there's other stuff in there. Picking a great Endrin work for your ship. Yeah, that's that would be helpful. Isn't a bad one. Uh, or initial it, footnote. Yeah. The footnotes, once again, they're I mean, they're a once per battle thing. I don't know if yeah. I want to use a command trait on that. Yeah. You know, grudge bearer isn't bad if you're that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, you give this to your general. Obviously, it's a command trait. Pick an enemy hero across the yeah. board, and you do double damage. Right. Against so now them. You, so, now, so now you do. So now you know who you're playing. I'm going to pick grudge bearer, and I'm going to settle the grudges. And he's like, and you're looking at Nagash across the table, <laughs> right? Well, yep. I've got, I've got plus one to wound that dude, and yeah. and I've got um, each plus one to wound him against the whole army. And my 
my particular general is doing double damage. Yeah. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's see. And Stormcaller. Yeah, we already talked about the Stormcaller. Yeah. Then you get artifacts. I um, had two in here that I really liked. But yeah. once again, they're all... They're, I mean, well, there's what, six of them here. Wait, one, two, three. There's five. Yeah. And... No, there are six. I'm sorry. There's six. All these are ones for battle. Four of them are character specific. Yeah, yeah. and ones for battle. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with master wrought armor. Five up ward for your admiral. That's yeah. Uh, that's one right done. there. A five up ward. Yeah. Since done. this army doesn't seem to have any ward saves, I'll take right. that. Yep. Um, I I like the phosphorite bomb. Yeah, bomblets. I like that one too. Yeah. Only on an Endrin master. Once per battle, pick an enemy unit within six and roll a die. On a two-up, that unit takes a mortal wound, and you roll the die again. Mm -hmm. Keep rolling this way until the target is destroyed or you roll a one. Crazy. So one at a time, I just keep rolling dice, and you keep taking a mortal wound until I roll a one. That's actually could be... That's You should should probably get... Well, you should get five, right? Well, I mean, you never you know five, because you get five mortal wounds right? up to five because, to five, you know, if you're lucky, you know, one in six. Yeah. But there's going to be that story where you rolled, you know, 15 dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just sat there. I, I should never take this because I will roll a one immediately on that first roll every time. I, I will. I will always roll a one first time. Is this this is how it works? This is, this is what happens. Pink, pink, pink. Um, and then there's pink. the much maligned spell in the bottle. Hold but on it's, one it's, it got, it's got nerfed a bit. I'm looking back. Where was that one about the re... So, Ether... You could so, do uh, trust... Well, is that in the shooting phase? Once per battle in the shooting phase. Okay. So, if you used your phosphorite bomblets, that is during the shooting phase. Yeah, yeah. You could take trust to your guns in the amendments. Oh. oh. Because that says once per battle in your shooting phase, you can re-roll one hit roll of one for any attack made. Uh well you're not rolling to hit are you no no ah that oh yeah. I was gonna say that first one gets negated yeah. Ooh. think of the but, stories though that you know, oh, I, yeah. I rolled I I took out a unit of fifteen yeah. little dudes because I yeah. just kept burning them with the phosphorus right. right yeah I mean there could be a case for that maybe you're at a tournament that has like those charity re rolls and they don't have like. Oh. Any caveat? They don't have any caveats on what you can use them on. Or yes, something. tournament re rolls once per game. I can re roll once per game. Just re roll any die. Like you're like okay. <laughs> I just rolled five of any, these. Any, I don't know any I keep die? Going, keep any going. die? It's fine. It's for fun. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, the generic ones. You know the one. The ones per shooting. The one. Uh, the start of your shooting phase. Go after the monsters. Okay. Yeah. The ones per battle one seems kind of decent. Yeah, they're all kind of cool. The burst grenade. Mm-hmm. Pick an enemy unit within twelve inches of the bearer and roll a die on a two up. Yeah, ward rolls cannot be yeah. taken in that phase. So it's yeah. just that phase, just that one phase. But the time when I've got you completely surrounded, <laughs> uh-huh. and I am now going to blast holy heck out of you. Yeah, the guys with the three up ward and the two up mm-hmm. ward, and you're like no wards, no it's wards, just, and that's I like feel where's like, where's where's techless? Okay, buddy. Yeah. Here you go. Celestium burst grenade, and now every gun in my army is shooting you in the face. Where's that vermin lord? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, where's all Those... these guys with all the extra saves? Let's go up. No ward saves. And you you know, you gotta you gotta take it natural. I, I I'd be tempted to take that just for just in case. 
for like a tournament list just in case. Because everyone used to just take spell in a bottle, right? They would do that. Right. But now it's different. You can't. So picking in the spell that does not belong in a faction. Okay. What if my general had this and I let him use it and then the Endrin Master went up at the in the shooting phase because it's in the shooting phase. Mm-hmm. And I got that one more. Because you know, the unit suffers a mortal wound. If you got a ward against mortal wounds, you can still use it against this and this phosphorite bomb. Yeah. But if I say oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. Slush and burst grenade, then a phosphorite bomb, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could. I mean, uh, these are just little things that I'm kind of thinking of mm-hmm. that might might work, might make things a little better. Right. Um, but the artifacts are all pretty cool, but they are all, uh, yeah, uh, spill in a bottle, like you said. Yeah. I got a question about that. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I was too lazy to look it up, so I'm hoping you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can pick a non uh, faction, non endless faction, spell. endless yeah. spell. So something yeah. that doesn't say it belongs to that faction. Right. So it could be in to... so it could be in a different battle tome if it doesn't. Yeah. But as long as it doesn't say it is specific to that faction, right? Yeah. So there's like the the, the like the basic endless spells that came out first, right? And then they've added some since then in like malign portents, and then mm-hmm. that's it. And then that's it. So you can't you can't like summon like the the icon of transmogrification from the Zinch book or the well that one specifically to, says it is Zinch specific. Yeah. So everyone it, everyone used to put the Skaven one in here, right? Right. With, so they can't do that anymore because it says it's specific. Right. And it says you can summon it, and it can't you know, and it, and it happens. You can't unbind yeah. it. It's going to happen. Can't unbind it. However, the bear cannot control that endless spell. What does that mean? So that means that uh, I mean I can move it if it's if it says to move it and stuff, right? So I you, just... can, you so you when it's when it goes out, you get to roll it and do its initial thing. Mm-hmm. Then that's it. Then who I think is whoever is uh, closest to it, like wizard, can control it. All right, wasn't wasn't that the wasn't it like whoever oh. goes second in a battle round gets to pick I, I the endless think, spell on the table I, and choose one and move it first if it's not unit specific i don't know i gotta look it up i i have not used an endless spell in at least a year i use them all the time yeah i never found a i I just i I know i'm not playing i don't play well but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just not nothing that i've ever found like everything that i've got with my wizards i'm using the stuff in my book to get it done i've never yeah i probably i probably should it's one of those things i have not expanded out to that i Mm -hmm. probably should so um, where is it? I got I got the rules right here. And the spells. Well, I'll look I mean, it up. yeah, we'll look yeah. it up. I'm not going to yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Uh, unique enhancements. Is there any of these that stood out to you? The prudency shoots I like, but once again, if the if the if these are all this is like uh, putting your you know, your uh, a spell on your mounts or your monsters. You can mm-hmm. put you can put a a special thing on your ironclad. Yeah. So this is the ironclad only. Right. So can you stack Magnificent Omniscope and that other rule and get plus four inches to your move? Well, they're different rules, aren't they? So yeah. yeah. So this one goes on a specific ship. That one goes on all ships. Mm-hmm. So those ships go, uh, the biggest one is 10, the medium one is 12. Mm-hmm. So those go up to 12 and 14. And if you stick this on one of them, you could have a 16-inch moving frigate. Frigate, frigate. yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. Wow, Okay. So that's pretty cool. The um, what did I, what was it that I wanted to? Not the frigate. Oh wait a minute, hold on. 
oh, these are ironclad only? So these are only the biggest one. Right, this first one is ironclad only. So not on the frigates. Okay. So these Endron Works are for ironclad only. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then they've got ones for frigates only. Oh, wow, they have special ones for each one. So these are all... But when you pick your, you know, when you get to all your little, you you know, your abilities, mm-hmm. you get, this is all under unique enhancements. You don't get to pick one for each type of ship. You get to pick one in general. And then if you get uh, battalions, you can unlock extras. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, putting, yeah. So that one, your ironclad does go 10. If you gave, if you pick that ability where they go to extra two, that's 12. And this would make it a 14-inch move. Okay. Uh, prudency shoots, I like it, but I always feel like picking something that that uh, that only takes effect when I when something goes bad for me always seems like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like I hope to never use it, you know. Yeah, but I do like the whole if it's destroyed, I don't have to roll, so none yes. of them die in the explosion, yep. and they don't have to be more than three inches away. So if you're going to surround this thing mm-hmm. and try to just kill everything on it, I'm going to drop down and fight you at least. Yeah. So that's not I like, bad. I like the Ram. I think the Ram is a good one. Uh, which one's the Ram? The Deal Breaker Battle Ram. Oh, that's that is, yeah. This is, a, this is a charge move. You can pick an enemy within an inch, roll a number of dice, equal to the charge roll. On a four up, you take a mortal wound. Yeah, I, uh, I played against that. when Last time I played against uh, the the over the KO, mm-hmm. and that is great, especially when you pull off a nine or a ten inch charge. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, slam, okay, I did four or five mortals. It's like, oh, son of a gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the yep. battle ram is cool. I like the last word, too. Mm-hmm. At the end of the enemy's charge phase, pick an enemy unit that finished a charge within three inches of this unit, and then you can shoot with your sky cannon, sky yeah. hook, or volley cannon. Yeah, that's a good one as well. There's like, so, so, so far, we've revealed three things. You can do in the enemy's turn with this army. <laughs> that's a that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. You know what? Before we okay, what do we got? We got these unique enhancements left, and then we got the skyports. You know what? Do you want to uh, do you want to talk about the boats and then talk about the different enhancements that they can get? I think so. All right, because we okay. Well, we just talked about the iron break, the iron uh, clad. So let's talk about the iron clad. Yeah. Oh, and just as an aside, um, the endless spell thing. Um, once all controlled predator and the spells have been moved, the player's alternate picking one wild predator and the spell to move, starting with the player whose turn is taking place. Oh, okay. So I don't control. Okay, okay. Because if it's controlled, you yeah. like if it's on Always the board, I yeah. only have control over that. Okay. Right. So this one, anybody could get a move on if they get if they if they get yeah, up. So, okay. So if, so if, so if you use the <laughs> if you use the the spell in a bottle, you control it on your turn, and then on the opponent's turn, they control it. If they go first, if they choose that if one, they, there may be they, multiple yeah, yeah. ones on the board. In, in, yeah, in their turn, they, they control. They it. have an opportunity to 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 use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, they just yeah they just control it because it's their turn. All right. Um. So let's look at the ironclad for five hundred points. My God. Twenty wounds. Got a three up save. Starts with a ten inch move. It's a quarter of your army. Yep. So you could put up to twenty two Skyfarer models. Yeah. So they make twenty two. So you can put. An admiral and like a navigator on it, and then a Arcanaut company of twenty guys. Yeah, that's something the, like that. Uh, th- this uh, it it counts as five when you're contesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got a ton of weapons on it. Okay. Yeah. It comes armed with carbines, torpedoes, boarding weapons, and either a great. Either a cannon, a skyhook, or a volley cannon. Yep. 
So you're already getting, before you get to the cannon, Skyhook, or the volley cannon, okay, mm-hmm. you're getting 12 attacks from the from the guns. The, yeah, this, so it's like got guns on it. Ether yeah, a lot carbines. of guns. So those are like the guns that are sticking out the side of the ship. Yeah, carbines and torbe- or torpedoes. Right. Um, between the two of them, you got about 12 attacks, and they're two damage. D D three damage one rent like you can do a lot of damage. Yeah, so right, so just right there, just with the carbines and the torpedoes, you've got sixteen potentially uh, twenty eight damage. Yeah, from just those two things. Yeah, they're they're kind of. I mean, the carbines are twelve inch range, torpedoes are twenty four inch range. It's pretty far. Yeah, Um, it's there. It's not bad. Right, and then you pick one of the things. You pick a a great sky cannon. Uh, a great sky hook or a great volley cannon. You don't get all three. You pick one. Just one. Um, now, if you pick the sky hook, that's two attacks. Fours by twos, two rend, D6 damage. It's six damage if it's a monster. Yeah. If you hit that monster and you don't kill it, roll a die. And on a four up, the hook is snag the monster. Mm-hmm. So it can't do monsters rampages. Right. So that's kind of cool right there. It's snagged. Yeah. It can't do a monster's rampage. Mm-hmm. You can't snag it more than once in the same turn. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it scores, it's after. Uh, until the end of the turn, you've snagged it. So that's yeah. pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. You can snag it till the end of the turn, which is why when you get that chance to shoot at your enemy's face. Yeah. Oh, the monster came up close. Boom. I'm going to shoot it and snag it right now. And now that mm-hmm. it's snagged, it's not rampaging on me. It's not going to roar me. Yeah. So now I can use command abilities. Goodbye. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's the sky hook. Sky cannon, uh, you either do, it, it's got two types of attacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's got the close up attack, 12 inches. Yep. You can attack yep. six times, threes by threes, one ren, two damage. Yep. Or you can use the shell. It's only two attacks, fours by twos, two rend, D3 plus three damage. So four to six damage. Yeah. I kind of just feel like shrapnel, if you're close enough, would be a better way to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, it's not, it doesn't have as much rend. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool, actually. I think actually. that's the gun I would take. I think I'd take the great sky cannon. I feel like the sky cannon might be the way to go. Personally, yeah. too. Yeah, because it's just more all. It's like the all rounder. Yeah. So if you don't, if you, I got a tournament, I guess that's what I would take. I mean, you could go with the volley cannon. It's four d six attacks. Yeah. So you're averaging fourteen attacks. Threes right. by threes, one rend, one damage. Unless I'm rolling, and then you get five. You could also roll up like twenty. You know, so it could be really pretty decent. Yeah, I would probably average around five or six attacks. <laughs> Ah, uh, and then they have bomb racks. All right, so, oh, with, yeah. uh, let's see. In the bomb, where does that even fall in? Bomb, bomb racks. racks? Yeah, it's just a rule there. After you finish a normal move or a run, pick an enemy unit that this unit passed across mm-hmm. and roll a, uh, roll a number of dice. It, bomb racks start at 10 and drop yeah. down to 4. Mm-hmm. For each 4 up, they take a mortal wound. Oh, so we're just drive, driving yeah, over just, guys. Just and dro- driving over people, dropping bombs on them. Mortal wounds. Yeah, and, and, and if you're in, in the beginning, thing, I mean, it's got to take it. It it can. It's at ten until it hits ten wounds. It's got you got to take off half the wounds to drop it at all. Yeah, and Picking, this thing moves ten inches, so it's not super fast. Well, unless twelve you, unless you pick that thing where you get a plus two to your all your ship's movement, and then two more if you're picking the enhancements. It moves fourteen now. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
and oh, I passed over, I passed over a hero. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. If you could pass over, it doesn't have to be a, a unit. No. You could pass so you're not over. Shooting, you know? You're not shooting at them. Yeah, I'm just dropping bombs. Just dropping bombs on them. And then the supremacy mines. Once per battle, at the end of the charge phase, you can drop a supremacy mine. Pick an enemy unit within three inches and roll a die. On a two-up, it takes a number of mortal wounds equal to the roll. So that's not bad. It's no. going to do at least two. It's a free. It's a little freebie. That's four things now in the enemy phase that you can do. Yeah. So that's at the end of the enemy charge phase. When you charge, that's, that's, I think that's one of the themes with this whole army. Yeah. When you attack them, mm-hmm. they are going to hit you. Yeah, they're going to do something, do you? Yeah. When you come in, at the, uh, you rush in, you're not walking in unmolested by the unless you're, by unless, unless you're not taking any of those rules, because those are all things you can pick to do. You don't. You know, those are all enhancements. Right. Or, but even in this, this is just on this. Yeah, this is just unit, on this you know? boat. This is on the ironclad. Yeah, I don't. Would you take an ironclad? I mean, for, for I don't know. For it's it's expensive, but it seems like you would want one. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, five hundred. I mean, how much the admiral's going to be on it? The navigator's going to be on it. There's going to be twenty okay, arcanauts on actually, it. How many points do you now have on this thing? Well, that's the thing. So who are you going to thousand points? Well, an an admiral's a buck and a quarter, bro. An admiral is a buck and a quarter. Is he only a- 125 points? Yes, and the Endrin master, you know, who he who can yeah. heal it is 170. Yeah. Uh your your etheric navigator who helps you uh ride so the, would, yeah, ride the winds. Yeah. They're only 85. Yeah, so I think what I would do is I would put I'd put the the admiral on it. I'd put the navigator on, and then I'd have the engine master with the dirigible suit flying next to it. Yeah, you can totally do that, right? Because he can heal it when he's just flying around next to it. You take the cheap one though, because he the guy with then, the suits a buck seventy. Right. You take the you, ninety point guy yeah. and you put him on the boat. But then there's no room. You know what I mean? Because there's only twenty two. I think you'd want to have a. You want to max out your capabilities with this thing. Yeah, so you, I mean, so it, put, yeah. So you, so you put twenty. Uh, you know, Arcanauts on it. No, no, I agree. It's not cheap. You're gonna have to put. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it is a crazy thing. Yeah. Um, and that, like I said, and then we had all those little bonuses. Let's look at the frigate. Yeah. It's like it's like everything's cheap in this army except the two big boats. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. It is, right? and it's it's dirt cheap it feels so inexpensive it's like yeah but because you're going to spend half your points on some boats so that's automatically going to take out mm-hmm. so yeah the ironclad finishing the charge you know for each four up they can take a mortal wound on the big one um you know or you give them like you said the last word end of the enemy charge phase you're shooting at yeah. them with that skyhook or that volley cannon mm-hmm. i mean that's if you so tra- you're gonna have what so you're gonna have like five Six, seven, eight—like you're gonna have like nine hundred points still on this thing. Well, yeah, if you load it up with the crew and stuff, yeah, it's half right. your army. That's what right. gets crazy, right? So that's why I, that's why I get confused as to how to build lists that, with this army. Right? Is is that like too many eggs in one basket? I don't know. I tell like, you, you know, so I, it, it, it only has twenty wounds. How many things in this game can do twenty mortal wounds in one turn? Like if you line up in front of like my Zinch army. If you just drop this thing down, I've got all my wizards within 18 inches of it. Yep. I, I mean, they're, plus the Skyfire shooting it. I mean, there's a, 
you know, there's a but chance you, I, yeah. I, I can probably do 20 wounds to this thing and just blow it up. Maybe. But, I mean, what do you get? I mean, I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. I, I like, that's, it seems risky to me. So I'm not sure if I would do but it. But everyone I've ever seen playing it has boats on the table. I don't know if they're but taking they have, the biggest did, But do they have an ironclad? Like I said, the one I played against had the ram scoop against me, and it was super effective and hard yeah. to kill. And then yeah. you drop your unit of Endrin riggers and your Endrin, yeah. Endrin uh, guys next yeah. to Endrin master, and yeah. I just took it down a bunch, and he put six wounds back on it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean. The, yeah. the last well, time I played against KO was a while ago. But I think I surrounded the ironclad with night haunt, <laughs> just like glaive yeah. wraith stalkers and all kind. You know, all, well, yeah. If you've got a ton of mortal wounds, if you can do a ton of mortal wounds, this right. army will have trouble. Right. <laughs> this army is uh, is uh, <clears throat> it's ar- yeah, it's basically it's is sensitive armor. to mortal wounds. It's mm-hmm. a sensitive yeah magical type weird stuff because a lot of that is magical or bonusy mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. It has trouble with because so they don't have that many unbinds, right? Right. They have like one guy you can pick that has one. Yeah. Uh, but if we go to the frigate, that's only three hundred points. It's fifteen mm-hmm. wounds, right. but it can move a little more. It doesn't have as as good of a shot. Mm-hmm. Um. So it has it has it doesn't have torpedoes. No, it's, it's got it's got the carbines. Uh, and it's got the the you know the cannon. Shrapnel or shell, and then the heavy skyhook. It doesn't have the volley cannon. That's what it's missing. Right. It's it, missing yeah, the volley cannon. Can, the other right. Thing. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have the torpedoes. So or the bomb racks. It has bomb racks, but less. Yes, it, less it bomb racks. But a lot of the stuff similar. Okay, you can yeah. fit twelve skyfarers right. in this right. only. Right. So After like you 10, fit ten yeah. arconauts. Yeah. Um, now, uh, this guy just comes with ramming speed. Yeah, the assault boat. So where yeah. the other one, you'd have to take it as a bonus. Yeah. This one, when you charge, yeah. pick an enemy with a unit, roll the dice and equal to your charge, mm-hmm. or no, equal to, to the ramming dice. So this yeah. one has ramming dice. So you you mm-hmm. run into it. Um, up starts at eight, drops down to five. For every four up, they take a mortal wound. Mm-hmm. Then you can pick any friendly units embarked in this unit to disembark. Mm-hmm. They must be set up within three inches of the enemy unit and count as having made a charge move. In addition, in the following combat phase, strike first for them. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I get to charge. Mm-hmm. After the charge, I get to disembark. I get strike first with the guys who disembarked, and they're disembarking right into combat, right yep. in within three inches. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. Yeah. That's why I think ramming frigates, dice. If I hit him with eight yeah. ramming dice, I'm going to do. I'm probably going to get four mortals off the top onto whatever I rammed into, mm-hmm. and then I can drop my my uh, ten arcanauts down. Yeah, flip flop floop or whatever they are, and then they're gonna uh, they're gonna strike first. They're yeah. gonna attack before anything else happens. Mm-hmm. That's really that I, that feels good. Yeah, I mean, Arcanauts kind of hit like a wet noodle, but that's okay. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Exactly. You know? That's, yeah, so we'll get to them. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know. I think, I think I'm a two frigate guy. Okay. Instead of a one ironclad guy. Because I don't think you can, I don't think there's space for an ironclad and a frigate in the same list. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I did, I did build a list. Um, and once again, it's got and the heavy sky hook and the uh, sky cannon against the uh, you know what I, the yeah, monsters I did, are the same. Yeah. yeah, 
I actually did I actually did build the list with the ironclad and the frigate in it. And a gun hauler, because I wanted to have one of each. See, yeah, and the gun hauler is cheapy. The gun hauler is one set. Let's look at the frigate's special abilities, though. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you can, uh, there's the... Get back there. My, I picked the Sky Mines. Mm. That was my favorite one. The once per battle, start of the combat phase, pick an enemy unit that can fly and is within six inches. On a two to three, it takes D3 mortals. On a four up, it takes D6 mortals. Only yeah. problem is if they don't have anything that can fly, <laughs> right. yeah, it's, it's a waste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can just add two to the movement. It's got yeah. a, that too. So yep. suddenly, if you've got that and the other one you picked, this guy's going 16. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I'm taking. The prudency shoots, it's got prudency shoots on this one too. If mm-hmm. you're going to be flying in, you know, um, yeah. might be good. Uh, then th- that other one, though, it, you know, if it's destroyed before it's removed, uh, roll a die for units within three inches on two ups. They take D three mortals. That's when it's when it's being destroyed. Like yeah. they're, they're getting. I don't know. Um, they scuttle. They scuttle the ship and just blow it up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd either pick it to move faster or give it that prudency shoots again. I don't yeah. want my guys getting surrounded. Yeah. Well, like you said, how many guys do I have if I have a bunch of boats? I don't have a lot. I don't want no. them dying. Right. And you can actually pick prudency shoots even though it's the same rule because they're in two different things. You can mm-hmm. pick them for both. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I feel like with this army, like you're going to spend a lot of your time keeping your ships away from the ranges of spells. Because that's where all the damage comes from, like mortal wounds a lot of times. You know, it's from spells and stuff. Right. So, I mean, and that, those happen in the hero phase. So, I feel like you can do it with all the special moving you can do with this list. Yeah. Like, I just have to stay within eight out of 18, and now you can't blast me with, you know, D6 mortal wounds or whatever. Yep. Now, let's get to the gun haulers, because those are a buck 70. Yeah. Okay. Now, these guys. They have the carbine. They only get two attacks with it. You know, they're down to two attacks. The yeah. frigate had four. The the ironclad had eight. So as you're taking the cost reduction, you're also taking just the amount. You don't have as many weapons on the boat. Right. Um, it can have the, it's got the sky cannon. It's not a heavy sky cannon. It's just a sky cannon. And I love it. They got, the ironclad has a great sky cannon. Then there's huh. the. Heavy sky cannon, and then there's the regular sky cannon. Up, oh, you got a gun hauler there. Nice. I bought one. I painted it. It looks nice. That fun. Um, I, I hated painting this thing, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's so hard to get because it's it's that smooth the, the hull. It's so hard to get nice, perfect, smooth paint job on there. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're using a, a brush, you know, to get yep. no brush strokes, no lines. Airbrushing the co- the base coat on that would probably be way easier with that. Yeah, I, I I I put this all on by hand. I did too. I had one, and I put oh, you it had all one. By- yeah, I got one when it first came out. I bought a pack of Arcanauts, and I think I have a frigate. Uh, uh, problem was, it was hard to get it to stay on the base, and then then yeah. uh, it's someone knocked it over, and like one oh of the parts God. of the little wings cracked. But that's still. It's you still not have too- it? Yeah, I think I do. I think it's, it's still all, here. This thing's all dusty. Jeez. <laughs> So um, now the gun haulers are kind of cool. They move yeah. twelve inches up yep. fourteen if you pick the the ability. You know, where all ships mm-hmm, move mm-hmm, extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, once per battle, you can add D six to its movement, uh, a head full, which is cool. Yep. So you want to that opening movement can be eighteen plus two, which is twenty. 
Yeah. You know, it's at any point it can have a twenty. If you have the plus two, you can get a twenty inch move. Uh, you do not get the plus two inch. The you know on the gun hauler, you can't pick that you know right, right. like you could on the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, bomb racks. Um, I have mine built with the drill cannon. Yeah. Um. So I'm definitely taking that once per game or once per shooting phase reroll a hit roll of one because this only has one attack with the drill cannon. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. So you got That's, that and you're yeah. taking it. Perfect. Three. Yeah. Three threes rend three d three damage. Pretty good. Now, all the other bomb racks start up high and drop down to four. This guy's got four. Mm-hmm. There's no dropping. He doesn't have... He's he's tiny enough where he doesn't have a damage chart. Right. Um, unmodified hit roll with a drill cannon is five up. It does three mortal wounds, and it's damage end. So instead of doing D3... So I like this one because normally sixes do mortals, mm-hmm. and on this one, it's fives do mortals. Yeah, it's it's better built than your guys' stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then again, shrapnel or shell for the sky cannon. Yeah, if I was to build another one, I'd probably build with the sky cannon, just have one of each. Oh sure, but uh, so that's one's and this one's a little cheaper. It can it's 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 very mobile. It doesn't hit as hard, but it's got some cool stuff. Now I like they have the escort thing. Um, Did we talk about that? So if they're next to a, a frigate or a, uh, they can they actually act like a bodyguard for it. And where is that rule? That's under the. It's on the war scroll. It's called escort vessel. A friendly sky vessels oh, other than is. gun haulers have a ward of six up while they're within three inches of any friendly grunstock gun haulers. Oh, okay. It's kind of cool. I just went right over that one when I was reading them. I don't mm-hmm. know how I did that. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you could you could you could have like a frigate and ironclad, and just like one gun hauler in the middle of them, giving them each a six up ward. Yeah. Not, it says it says any. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. Not, not uh. Now, if you want to give them, use one of your enhancements on them. Um. You can put six. Skyfarer yeah, models yeah, on these it. are these are enhancements, right? Yeah, yeah, unique enhancements. So yeah, you get you get you one get one out of any for, of these things, right. but and then if you get extras, you can take the um, second one. Yeah. Coalbeard's collapsible compartments. Having six Skyfarer models on yeah. this could be kind of cool. Yeah, you I would take the some, yeah yeah your your little balloon guys who come in little units of three. Mm-hmm. I can put a couple on here. I would. I just put. I just put five thunderers in it. Or there you go, five thunderers. Yeah, five thunderers and an ether chemist. And then just and he, the, do, do the fly them. Do over the heroes to an count objective. as two? No, I think there's just one. Okay. Yeah, they and then fly them over to an objective and just dump them off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one I like is the uh, the surge injection. Mm-hmm. So when you make a normal move or when you retreat, you can add D3 inches to that move. Just yeah. straight up add D3 inches. If you want, you can do two D3. But if you roll for that and if you roll doubles, then they take it takes a mortal wound after right. it moves. So it. Yeah. I still think that's pretty useful. The thing's got 10 wounds. You can fix airboats all the time. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's fast and the furious. Like he's moving Nas, 12. Nas, Nas injection. Yep. <laughs> And here's the they, thing. They that cool that cool video where they show the gas going through the engines. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, so he, he moves go. 12. We took the thing where everything in the army can move a plus two. So he's at 14 now. 
Mm-hmm. So he's making a normal move or a treat of 14. Suddenly, that can be up to 20. Yeah. So it can move. Yeah. And once per battle at the start of your movement phase, you can move ahead full, add six inches to the move characteristic. <laughs> right. So now I'm moving 20 with my plus two, and I can add 2d3 onto that if needs be. And it, it just says when this unit makes a normal move, you can add d3 if you wish. Add it, um, you know, yeah. so it's like I can kind of move and I can decide, mm-hmm. you know, what I want to do when I see where I can get to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And those are the boats. Those are the three boats and what you can do to them. I still think... So it's your pick. Like, how do you want to play it? I feel... Like, yeah. I don't... I I wish I knew someone who played this army, like, on the regular. Yeah. Um, there's that, a guy that I could chit-chat with. Yeah. There's a guy in our league who plays them. I'm actually playing him next in our... The last game of our league. I got to play this guy. Uh, I'm curious as to how... I think he's he probably himself. playing the old book, though, because that's where we started. Oh, yeah. And this literally just came out. So, yeah. 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 All right. Um, Skyports. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Skyports, because that's the last of the fancy pants rules. And then we will uh, take a break and do grand strategies and characters. Yeah. All right. Uh, I still think Beric Nar might be the best one. Yep. Start of your hero phase. Roll a die for each friendly hero on the battlefield. Beriknar, including the the ones that are disembarked, and on a four up, they get an extra come in point. Yeah. So if you're going to take four or five or six characters, yeah, dude, could you picture four characters? You're going to get an extra average two command points every turn. That's big at the start of your hero phase. So at, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, if, and if your general dies, you're not just screwed with no command points. Right, because each hero can get you extra command points. That just, I mean, uh, considering yeah. all the things you can do with command points now, too, with this army, yeah. that just feels crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Barak Nar, you know, the best city. All the heroes come from, all the best guys. So everybody there is a hero in his own right, right? So right. He's, can yep. be, he can give those commands. He's He's top of the tops. Then you get to Beric Zilfin. Now Beric Zilfin is the um, like an extra Endrin work. Best pilots. Yeah, they're the best pilots. That place is is the windiest. Uh, you have to be the only the best pilots are there, so right. they get an like you said an additional Endrin work. So they get so those those are the things we talked the unique enhancements that we were folks. just yeah that we were so just could, talking about. So you about. could have a two just for nothing, and if you take an extra enhancement, you could have three. Yeah. So that that's if you're whatever. taking your boats and you really want these things, I mean, getting that second one, getting if you only got two boats, if you pick this, you get a prudency shoots on both right off the bat. I don't know if you would need this too often. I just feel like this is if you're playing really, I don't know if I'm playing boat heavy, I might be playing with some of these other ones anyway. I just feel yeah. like this one doesn't for what these things do. I don't know if there's enough bang for your buck for what one engine work. Mm-hmm. Um. Beric Zahn. Now, Beric Zahn is, they're the guys who live up so high in the stratosphere of Shimon that it's almost impossible to walk the streets without special breathing apparatus. Yeah. But the Arcanauts there, because they're in that thin air and all that stuff, they have to be tough. They have right. to be better. So these Arcanauts are among the finest of their kind, each striving to be decorated in the cause of their air fleet and perhaps earning, earning the coveted Iron Star mm-hmm. at the peak of their career. Um, this one, plus one to hit. And a wound for attacks with melee weapons by friendly Skyfarers, which is literally every unit that's not a boat. If they charge. If they charge, yes. Right. So plus one to hit 
and wound on the charge doesn't pretty seem good. too bad. But once again, and are you going to have enough guys? Are you going to have enough guys? And do you really want to be in melee? Yeah, I mean, some of your guys do, but yeah, once again, getting off <laughs> the you? Well, I, I mean, know. eventually you're going to have to, aren't you? I mean, eventually you're going to have to. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they've he, all got shooty, but the shooty's not that, not, th- I mean, unless they, I'm wrong. This, this, this army does most of their damage in the shooting phase. Like, Thunderers, like, they don't do crap in the melee, in melee. They just don't. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just looking at all this stuff. It's one or two attacks, and a lot of it's fours by fours, no rend. Yeah, I mean, once. One damage, two damage, a lot of these guys with their guns, and I, I just... I mean, I realize getting into combat, your heroes are all good with three-up armor saves. Yeah. Um, and then your, I mean, your Arcanauts got a, I mean, what a, you know, we were saying Arcanauts, they got a four-up save. What am I saying? Sure. I mean, they got a four-up save. Yeah, That's good. It's good. I mean, it's, I mean, against, I, would, I mean, yeah. most, most basic units have a five or a six. Yeah. This is their battle line unit has a four. I don't know what I was complaining about earlier. The Thunderers well, I mean, have just, threes. The Endrin I mean, Riggers have fours. The Skywardens have fours. Actually, they have really good armor. What was I they, saying they, earlier in the I mean, game? They have good armor, but they just don't do a lot of. They don't do a lot of damage. Yeah, but okay. Let's look at the Arcanauts. Let's let's okay. let's go. You know what? In fact, before we get into the rest of these, let's take a look at the Arcanauts because okay. these are the guys we're talking. These are your bread and butter troops. Mm-hmm. You get ten of them for a hundred points. They yep. are the battle line troop. That they're yep. the only not battle line if troop, right? Yeah. Except right. for I think what isn't uh, one of the. Uh, you oh can yeah! Take a, Everything else gun, is the gun hauler, The gun haulers, all the grunstock stuff becomes battle line if you take that command trait. Yeah, if you have an Endrin master, Endrin riggers becomes battle line. So if you do yeah. take an Endrin master, Endrin riggers can be battle line too. But let's look at the Arcanaut. Yeah, one wound. They move four. Their bravery is six. They got a four up save. That seems like low bravery to me too. All things yeah. being equal, for, they for should be dwarves should probably have a seven. Yeah, or or eight. Um. So. While you're not embarked, plus one to hit for uh, if, if you're, you're targeting a unit objective. that's contesting an objective. So and it doesn't it doesn't say crucially it doesn't say controlling an objective. It says contesting. Yeah. So if yeah. So if you're basically if there's a unit that's in range of an objective and you're in there mm-hmm. fighting with them, you get plus one to hit. Yeah. That's then, actually pretty good. Yeah, and it saves you from using all out defense because or all out attack because, well, right. You don't you don't need to. So um, now these guys, let's see. They now they're 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 pretty good in shooting. They got a privateer pistol and a cutter. Yeah, so um, everyone has a pistol and a and a, and, a, and a sword basically. Yeah, and then they got an ethermatic volley gun. So the champion can take that and a gun butt. Uh, yeah, one in every ten models can take the the better weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think one guy can have a Skype. Or something. Yeah, so there's a little different things in here, but for the most part, you're talking pistols and cutters. Mm-hmm. So two attacks, fours by fours, no rend, one damage, nine inch range. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You've got to be, you got to plan on being in combat. You've got to because your guns only have your basic gun is a nine inch range, which is exactly. Let me put it this way: I'm dropping to within nine inches when I do my drop ins, or yeah. I have to be outside of nine, so I'm dropping mm-hmm. automatically outside your range. Yeah, but uh, so you say you got 20 of these bros. That's 40 attacks. You hit with half, that's 20. You wound with half, that's 10. With 10. no rend and one no damage. Rend. That's your shooting. You get yeah. up close. You do five wounds the, probably. Yeah, when you get up close, it's going to be the same thing, except you only get one attack. So, one yes, attack. you are correct. The shooting is better in that you get double. Yeah. 
but they're going to have to get into close combat at yeah. some point. You just don't have an option, which is why if you're going to get into it, once again, if you're going to, I'm just saying if you got a lot of troops, I'm picking Barrack Nar feels like the one I'm picking yeah. for the most of the time, <clears throat> just because command points are crucial and you're going to oh, have I, a bunch of heroes. You're going you're to need a lot of command points for all out attack and all out defense <clears throat> to keep these guys alive. <laughs> right. And you only get to use it that once, you know, per whatever. But still, it's like, ugh, you know, I've mm-hmm. got, I've got to have it here to pick. I got to be able to redeploy. I got to be able to move things around. Yeah, you have to be. I think you have to be kind of. Yeah. I crafty. think it's the fact that I have to make the charge that makes that one mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, it is plus one to hit and wound, and it's for all skyfarers. So that includes your heroes who have awesome attacks and awesome stuff. Yeah. You know, it's only on, only on the in. charge. Yeah, so you have to control the charge phase, which is, you know, that's the problem. Yeah, controlling that you're charge still, phase. You're, you're banking on nine inch charges, which is never a good thing. Uh, yeah, and then so what else do we got? We got the market city. <clears throat> yep, Barrack Urbaz. This is they are obsessed over profit, and their code rights are the best. These are the guys who can manipulate the law. Yeah, so they get an additional article. Yeah, and that brings up the code. An additional article, but we already talked about the articles, and what are the articles? Let me look at that really that's fast. The, that's the first one. Yeah, and you get to pick an additional one. So that one, you can add your plus two and get your four-up rally, mm-hmm. which would be actually pretty cool if you want. I mean, but that's the only thing this guy gives you then. Yeah. it's That is pretty powerful. It is pretty good. You know, uh, it, you know, if if that's if that's the way you're going about it, why don't we look at since they're talking about how their code rights are the best and the code right? Yeah, uh, that's the new guy. He's the new model. He is armed with, he Oops. is armed with an ether shot pistol and a battle tome. A battle tome, yeah. Okay, I know it's silly. I know it's kind of goofy that they call it a battle tome. Yeah. I love that they call it a battle tome, that he's going yeah. into battle with the battle tome, which makes sense because these be the rules right. <laughs> for their army. Yeah. Um, Are we kind of bummed that this is the only new model for this army? Yeah. Yeah. But once again, when you have an army that's so specialized like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. These guys are specialized. Fire Slayers, specialized. Mm-hmm. This is the thing they do. This is the build you get. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I guess there's two theoretical builds. I mean, right. So this guy's only ninety points. Right. Five wounds with a three up save. Uh, his pistol's got twelve inch range. That's a little better. Two attacks, threes by threes, one rend, one damage. Um, he's only got he. I guess he hits you with the battle tome. His melee yeah, weapon is the battle tome. One attack, threes by fours, d three damage. Yeah. So what do we got here? Basically, start of the hero phase, if he's within six inches of another hero, roll two dice, and for each four up, you get a command point. <laughs> yeah. So, once again, you're getting an extra command point, just probably just by having him. If, yeah. And if... Uh, see, you, put him on a, you put him on a boat with somebody else. But I'm also looking at this and saying, if I'm doing that, am I taking the extra article? Like I said, and you don't have to, you know, but to put him right. into that... Uh, that group, why wouldn't I? I mean, you know. Well, his his special rule is he has a heroic action, right? And then he can search for a precedent, roll a die to one, nothing happens, and two through three, you pick a new footnote, 
and apply it to your army until the end of the battle, which is awesome. Now, this replaces the old footnote, and you can't pick a footnote you already had. Yeah. Now, so you start off, and if you realize you picked a bad footnote, you can change it. Well, can't you? The footnotes are the last one, once per battle, right? Yeah, they are once per battle. Oh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, yes. Yeah, Use the see? footnote. Uh, get a different footnote. Yeah, yeah. So this guy... You use your foot. You use your footnote once for battle, and use him to get another one. Yeah, hmm. that's actually not. That's okay. That's better than I thought it was for ninety yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at the extra command point, but yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But once again, I don't know if because uh, and and like I said, he's cool. Yeah, but, you can't pick the same one. So if you if you'd use the once per battle footnote, you can't pick it again. Right, which makes sense because I wasn't thinking about the once per battle. But yeah. like I said, I could take the one where I can do the three d six charge, mm-hmm. and then I can flip over and get a different one where once per battle at the end of the enemy shooting phase, yeah, pick a seafarer's unit that was targeted and let them shoot back. Right. So yeah, not too shabby. He's it, he's a pretty he's a pretty neat support piece. Yep. And uh, if I really needed to, go to that third one once per battle at the start of any phase, pick a friendly sky vessel and, gi- and give two commands to them instead of one. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you, there's, I guess there's a lot of versatility in things he can do. Yeah. Plus, I do like the model. I like that he's yeah. walking into battle with just a stack of books, mm-hmm. like a library on his yeah. back. I'm you, here checking the rules. Yeah. Figuring out did what you, we did, can do. Did you, did you buy the battle tome? Do you have it? Um, I have the, I just have the, the, the PDF at oh, the yeah, moment the locked down. Okay. I, I don't have you, the book. I heard you flipping through a book. Oh, you know, no, no, I've I got that stuff here though. I got, I got all my stuff written down so that oh, I know I what see. I'm looking, you know. Gotcha. Aha. Look at you. So, um, that's, that's, uh, that's the market city. Now we get to the city of shadow. Yeah. Uh, suspicion hangs over the Barrack Mornar for it has forsaken Shimon and the shifting for the shifting of Ulgu. Come they are on. ruthless exploitation of ambiguous wordings in the contracts. These are the guys who will come in and um, so its admirals and captains are masters of the ambush and the hidden advantage. Mm-hmm. If a high end criminal operation has need to smuggle goods, it's usually these guys they go to. Their amendments to their codes have all been sly, cascading into a suite of countermeasures added specifically to stymie the depredations carried out by Barrack Morar fleets. Yeah. So the code has they, these guys have caused the the, the 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 KO to actually alter the code because these guys, yeah, pulled so a bunch your, of nonsense. So you paint up your skyships like little stealth fighters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put camouflage, right. ca- just camouflage, Camo- mo- yeah. camouflage, or, or fighters just paint them sky black blue. With- yeah, yeah, like, paint or paint them black with yeah. like you know. So, anytime an enemy issues a command within twelve inches of a friendly Barak Mornar unit, so that's your whole. If you, you know, if you pick that, you're, it's your whole army. Mm-hmm. Anytime the enemy issues a command within twelve inches of one of your units on a five up, they use the command point and they don't get to actually do the command. See now, that's this, this ability right great. here is game changing. Can be could be game changing. I'm going to cut out a third of your command yeah. abilities. And you only have points. a couple. You have th- what most you're probably going to have is like two or you probably have three maybe or if you go second you have three, two. You don't get that many per you're phase. Ca- you're calling a, yeah, in the beginning it's fine, but once we get up close, right. there's yep. a good chance we're going to stop it and that could be huge. I'm going to redeploy. I don't think you are. Right. I'm going to use all out defense against your frigate. Nope. Not this time. 
Yeah, it's yeah, got to be within twelve it, inches. So a right, lot of this but, long range stuff. But any unit, mm-hmm. I just got to get one thing near you. I got to fly that little tiny gun hauler up near you, and now yeah. anything you do, I can try to stop. Right. I think this is a good. This is this is another one I might pick. Mm-hmm. I still feel like me getting more command yeah. points with yeah. uh, with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Barak Nar yeah. is better than Barak Mornar. Oh, and I agree. They got this. They got the added to the name. So this is the the darker city, Mornar. Yeah. Were okay. they in the Were they in the previous iteration of I the book? Do not remember. Yeah, I don't know. But I do like this, and I like if if I didn't pick the one, I would pick the other here. Mm-hmm. This and I also I also like the last one too. Oh yeah, Barrett yeah. Thring, City of Ancestors. Not, so not, to me, this okay. This is cool. I, I but okay. And I, my only question is: so they they get a, a rune of ancestral guidance because they are the guys who are. Mm-hmm. All into the, the old code is best. All these footnotes are messing things up. It's yep. making it bad. They yeah. like the old ways. Okay, right. so you have to take you have to ally in a rune lord. Ally Dwarden priests know the following prayer. Oh, they do. They have any priests in this army? No. So no. I have to ally somebody in. Yes. Okay, so I ally in a different. That's there a is lord, a, a rune lord or one of the fire slayer guys. Okay. Wow that that seems wrong. <laughs> What's wrong about that? That I'm going to pick a city that has something to do that doesn't yeah. actually do. Yes. Okay. Like but I you said, get this, you get this cool. You get this cool uh, rune. So they have a. It's a rune magic. It's not like a code or an article or an. Oh, I know. It's a. It's, it's, it's a prayer. It's a. It's a rune. Yeah. It's. It's a prayer. I get. I, okay, this feels mad and weird to me because, and I didn't. And now it feels even more mad and weird. I love it. In a lore where we only take the toughest of the tough, you got to even. You got to pass all these tests even to be on the boat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you don't put this guy on the boat. I guess he's on the ground. But so this guy's on the ground and he's doing this, and it just feels like I, I don't know. It feels weird that that the, the special ability of this city requires you bring in someone who's not from this, even in this book. Does yeah. that not feel weird to you? I, not really, because I, I think it just, it screams, I, I love the I mean, old dwarves, so if I can, if, well, I, yes. if there's a thing that lets me bring, like one of my ancient old you can, lords. Yes, like, you can you know. absolutely argue that lore-wise, going back to the old traditions, yeah. getting someone in from one of the older sects that the mm-hmm. that never became an overlord, that stuck with the old ways, yeah. that does fit the lore, mm-hmm. but it just feels weird to me that it's a, it's a special ability that requires me to go outside my army to use it. Yeah. Now, so, what does it do, though? Uh, cast, it, it happens on a three-up. It's the prayer on a three-up, 16 inches. And what do they get to do? So, uh, on, on until your next hero phase, unmod- unmodified heroes of six for attacks made with missile weapons by that unit cause a number of mortal wounds equal to the damage characteristic. So, sixes do mortals. It's just like lightning hammers and stuff. One Arcanaut company or one Thunderer unit. Yeah. So, you get to pick. So, it's a prayer, and one unit gets sixes do mortals. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't... <sighs> I just like it because because it's interesting. Because it can is then, interesting. It's just yeah. so weird. Like I'm, it's so weird. I could totally see you <laughs> taking it just <laughs> so you could put that other dude on there. You <laughs> yeah. probably haven't even converted him. He's still on a flipping square base, right? And you just got him out here. He's like he's on the boat. He's gonna yeah. do the thing. Sixteen inch. Yeah. Or you could take a fire slayer priest. Oh, that would be cool too. Mm-hmm. Like the orc rune master. Yeah. 
but that's that. Okay, that's all the special rules, um, with the exception of the grand strategies and battle tactics. Um, or the you know, we've been going for flipping ever. Okay. So what? The what? The what did I miss? The what? Oh, the, you could take the the choices are the or the rune smiter. Oh, okay. Oh, you're yeah. talking about the or guys the you can take master. to do that. Yeah. yeah Let's yeah. take a break. It's been yep. flipping forever. Okay. Uh, break and then back and then we're going to go over the grand strategies and then the couple of units we haven't talked about and uh, wrap this up. Sounds good. Finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We are back. We're oh. back. All right. Grand We're strategies back. and pedal tactics. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, the grand strategies aren't too bad. Uh, first one, if there's one or more friendly sky vessels on the battlefield and no enemy behemoths that can fly. So yep. basically, yeah, rule. it's called rule of the skies. I, I gotta, like this one. I got to have one flyer mm-hmm. in the air, and they've got to have no flyers in the air. No behemoth flyers right. in the air. Right, so like no monsters, no. I mean, yeah. What, well, because if, it, if it's nothing that could are, fly, then you'd have to wipe out the entire Night Haunt army I mean, to are, be able to get it. Yeah. You know? So what are the flying behemoths? Monsters? I don't know. Dragons. Dragons. Any sort of dragons. Might be some. I don't know. Lord, like a Lord of Change. Yeah. A blood Bloodthirster. This one's not a bad one to pick. Yeah, Honestly, if you got your yeah. and, and you know you can keep your ship safe, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, what Defend about the flagship? Yeah. What is this one? Pick this grand strategy if your general is an Arcana Admiral. Uh, complete this grand strategy that general has not been slain, and the sky vessel picked to be their flagship has not been destroyed. W- did I miss the flagship rule? Oh, that's uh, under they, the uh, that's under the Arcanite rule. rule. That's under the Arcanite admirals. admirals. Right, right, right. So right. we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, prospector fleet. Your opponent must pick a terrain feature to hold a bounty of mineral wealth. When the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy if you control that terrain feature. That's so, that kind of cool. Ba- it, it's okay. It's not that hard. I have to control no. one piece of terrain at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. It's actually not that hard. But they get to pick it. Yeah. So it could be like it's not going to be in the corner because that's not how you set up terrain in this game. Right. Unless you're a jackhole, and well, I mean, it could be if, if you got to spread up nice yeah. and it's all around. I'm still going to pick something way back over in my side that's better defended. Sure, sure, but I mean, you'd have to be a real kind of goofball to 
I'm going to purposely set up this battlefield so there's well, no, a piece I, in the corner. Yeah, well, Nobody would know, but I do have pieces all around the battlefield, so it would be technically farther into the corner than any other piece, you know? Sure. But uh, And what's the last one, guided by the yeah. code, when the battle yeah. ends? What do you get? So, um, battle ends, you complete this current strategy. If you complete at least four battle tactics... And every battle tactic you picked was from the decrees of the code, which is their battle tactics. Oh, okay. Stuff. And this is the one where, once again, and see, this, see, I love grand strategies and battle tactics. Yeah. Um, I always find that that one, that, because they seem to, all of them seem to have that one where you complete it if you only stuck to your book. Yeah. But these ones get pretty hard, okay? Mm-hmm. So what do you got? Bombing run. Pick an enemy unit. You complete the battle tactic if you destroyed it using the bomb racks. Of a friendly unit. Yeah, well, so, yeah. During this turn by okay yeah so you could use multiple bomb racks from different ships sure it It just it has to be destroyed by the bomb rack you could do Mm -hmm. other things to it first and whittle it down yeah last thing has to be the bomb rack okay Mm -hmm. that seems a little fiddly but it can happen yeah um there's a couple you cannot pick in the in the or there was one you can't pick in the first battle round yeah so mobilize the fleet can't pick this in the first battle round. Uh, that says pick three friendly units on the battlefield that are not embarked in sky vessels. You complete this battle tactic at the end of the turn. Those units are all embarked in sky vessels. So yeah, Day. yeah. So it makes it obvious you can't do it in the first turn because first turn it would be just so easy to set this up and get your quick one point. Right, right. So they move it off there. Uh, boots to the ground. P- pick free three friendly units that are embarked in sky vessels and you complete this one if they're not embarked and wholly in enemy territory. So depending on the battle plan, that one's either impossible or pretty simple. Depending on the map. Yeah, I mean, but you can get into enemy territory. Uh, you, I mean, you can fly with these things. Well, I'm, I'm always thinking like these ones, like this one's <sighs> three friendly easier. units. What if you got one of those friendly units is six little guys in a gun hauler? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. You know? I mean, it's going to be, I mean, you have to really, because you're going to be drop, dropping your guys off at the end of the game. You're going to be dropping your guys off. I think, I always look at to these with the mind of like. Well, not the end the, of the game. The, this is one that has to happen at the end of the turn. I know. So I just but have to I'm, deploy I just think, them. I'm saying you're going to be like having guys like dropped off all over the place. You have to have to, you have to plan because. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, are you going to keep your guys in the boats until like turn three? Are you going to be dropping them off in turn two? Do you have to pick them? I don't know. Oh no, to, I, I can see. I see exactly what you're saying. So I'm saying like for a turn one battle tactic, depending on the map, this one's could be super simple. True. Right. Because the enemy also, sometimes yeah. sometimes the enemy territory is like nine inches away. Um, opening salvo. You can only pick this tactic if no units have been destroyed in the battle. Yeah. So the other one you can't pick in the first battle round. This one you may have to pick in the first round because mm-hmm. it's no units. That includes you. Yeah. If your enemy goes first and takes out a unit, this is off the table. Right. So you're looking like, okay, where's your silly unit of 10 guys defending <sighs> yeah. a objective? I'm just going to blow them up. So basically that unit has to be dead in your shooting phase. Yeah. Which, you know, can easily happen with the, the, sure, the with this power army. this army has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what Class else? Class of smithereens. What Pick about? one objective on the battlefield within 12 inches of enemy units. You complete this battle tactic if there are no enemy units within 12 inches of that objective. And it's within, again, not even wholly within. So yeah, you got to... Again, pretty, not too difficult. And then final one. You can take a claim. You pick this if you have fewer objectives, and you complete it 
if at the end of the turn you have more objectives. Yep. I like these. They're simple. Yeah, they're pretty straightforward. They're doable. You could try doable. if you really wanted to stick with just what's in your book. Yeah. And, and not so I so I'm always thinking of like the season that we're in right now. So like <laughs> I mean like depending on what the mission you're playing, some of these GHB missions in this Galician Champions like season 2, these are they're hard. Like some of you just can't complete sometimes. So you need to have some battle some battle tome specific ones that you can do. Uh-huh. Um the battalions are okay. Yeah, I mean they're not that two to three fi- two uh, you got what one you have to have two to three frigates and two to three Arcanaut company. Yeah. And you get uh you get the expert, so you get the uh one free all out attack or all out defense, and mm-hmm. you get one free forward to victory or at the double command without uh mm-hmm. using your command. That's one. The other one's the escort wing, which right. is two to three gun haulers, one unit of thunderers, and then you have optional in this one. Which one I, are you looking at? Uh, looking escort, at escort wing. wing. Yeah. So escort wing is you have to have two. Two, two to three frigates. No, no and, it's ironclads, no, isn't the, it? Oh no! I'm sorry. You're right. Escort vest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. these escort vests. So yep, the, yep, the, yep, I'm yep. looking at the picture. So yeah, it's, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Two to three gun haulers. Yes. And a unit of thunderers. You can also have in this added up to three units of sky wardens. You can right. also have an ironclad. You can also have a frigate. So yeah. this you could. This could be like almost a whole army thing if you decided. Hey, yeah. I'm going to just. I'm I'm never certain the the purpose of adding extra units into this battalion, like well, the I optional mean, units. I mean, right, well, you, I mean it's not a one drop deployment. No, but you could you could use you could use the if you oh, put the a, ability uh, ironclad in here. You could use slayers on that ironclad. Yeah, it can be all out attack or unleash hell. So that one, the yeah. bigger one, only has the one thing. Okay, I can see why you're right. saying that. So you could put all that yeah. in there. I mean, most people don't use these because. They're not super useful. They're honestly. not great, but they are very specific to your army. And hey, yeah. and if, you know what? When I am, I'm always looking to see how I can maximize my battalions. Yeah, I personally absolutely. think the more battalions I can get, the better. I'm yeah. always looking for magnificent. Mm-hmm. You know, get that extra enhancements. Yeah, take those battalions and give me extra enhancements. The right. other stuff, it's always nice to get that one extra bonus, but it's it's either yeah. that one drop. I'm always looking to be unified or magnificent. Yeah, the problem with attack squadron to get magnificent. Is you need two frigates and two Arcanaut companies to pull that off. That's a that's a lot just to get one extra en- enhancement. <laughs> Might as well just take. Well, a no, command, there's no magnificent in this. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, this no. Little, oh, okay, I had to zoom in on my iPad. Sorry. Yeah, my first. Oh, shoot, my, I have a note on that and everything. Gosh, my first. It. Yeah, that's the thing. When I look at these battalions, yeah. the first yeah. thing I look for is magnificent. Nobody's got yeah, magnificent. Actually, okay. Nope. Yeah, it's actually expert on that one. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's it. get through these because we are start getting close to pushing the time limits here. Mm-hmm. Brock Grunson, two hundred and twenty points, and I don't see ever not taking this guy. Yeah, he's kind of the man. He's for two hundred twenty points, twelve inch move, mm-hmm. eight wounds. He can fly. Yep. He's got a three up save. Um. Okay. He has mustache guns. Yeah, and it, this is and each time the unit fights after the attacks have been resolved. 
Mm-hmm. You can pick an enemy unit within three inches and roll a die on a two-up. They take D3 mortal wounds from <laughs> yeah. his mustache guns. Mustache so that's not an actual gun no. like during the shooting phase. Uh-huh. This is just at the end of combat, if you're up close, he happens to have two guns in his like right up in his face. Yeah. Um, if he makes a charge in the same turn, plus one to the attack characters of melee weapons by friendly Barracknar Skyfarer units wholly within 12 inches. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, all of those... The Arcanauts. Arcanauts. An extra attack. Get, get, now, they're, now, they got, now they're up to two attacks. So suddenly mm-hmm. their melee is literally just as good as their shooting. Yeah, well, they basically doubles their effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, because they, they were two attacks with the guns, and we even said that. Yeah. Two attacks with yeah. guns, yeah. one attack. Yeah. So right, suddenly yeah. they're... Not, they're better. They're and, better. And you have them down here by Brock. Yeah. Um, also, he has a command ability that he can use at the start of the movement phase. Mm-hmm. Up to three sky vessels. Yeah. That are you know more than three inches away yeah. from enemy units. Uh, reroll run rolls for units that receive that command. In addition, units receive the command can run and still shoot or charge later. Mm-hmm. So I can give three guys that can all run, I can re-roll the run rolls. Yeah. So my 12-inch moving plus 2-inch moving, you know, plus the bonus for this moving, now he gets to run. Yeah. This guy's a beast in combat. Four attacks, threes by twos, two rend D3 damage in close mm-hmm. combat. Yeah. And he's got two weapons in... Con- Mele- yeah, yeah, shooting. Shooting. 18-inch each. Uh, one threes by twos, two rend, D3 plus three, so four to six damage for that one. And then six threes by threes, one rend, two yeah. damage. Yeah. For 220 points, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't want this guy. Now, he is Baraknar. He's got the Baraknar symbol, so if you pick one of those other things, he's not going to be affected by whatever it is you picked. Right. But uh, if you're picking Baraknar, I don't see why you wouldn't put this guy in your I mean, list. so he can fly... The only reason you might not want him is in this season. Uh, actually, you know what? It doesn't. No, he's unique, so he's not. He's not a Galician champion because right. he's unique. Because he's unique, yeah. Uh, the admiral, he only moves four because he can't fly. He's got an eight bravery. He's only got six wounds, mm-hmm. but he's even got his guns: three attacks, threes by threes, one rend, two damage. Up yeah. close, three attacks, threes by twos, two rend, three damage. Yeah, that thing's nasty. Now he can pick one ironclad or frigate to be the flagship. There you go. Okay. Once per turn, he can issue a command to the flagship without spending a command point. Yeah, it's super good. Once again, for a buck twenty-five, I've got three or four heroes. I'm starting off with an extra probably two command points right there, just because mm-hmm. I'm picking the that one thing that gives me you know the Barak Nar. Mm-hmm. And now my admiral is given a free command to this thing. Yeah. Um, Brock is paying for his one command, but he's giving it to three ships. Right, like this, oh, the, the synergies with this, like everything's area of mm-hmm. effect. Everything's got to be close. This is the kind of stuff I really enjoy, sort of playing. All the guys yeah. boosting each other. So what else can he do? Once per battle in the shooting phase. Yeah, if it's not a skyfarer or not a sky vessel, only within a foot, you can improve their rend by one for their missile weapons. Okay, that's great. Garage breaker rounds. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Um. What else? Um, Every gun to bear. Uh, shooting phase. Now you have to, you have to be a sky vessel more than three inches from enemy units that remained stationary in the preceding movement phase and did not receive fly high. You get plus one attack for all its missile weapons. Yeah. So if it didn't move, mm-hmm. it's targeted you. Plus one attack on all, and they got yeah. three. 
per like yeah. ship. So yeah. unleash the, the broadsides. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just, boom. Yeah. And one more attack. I mean, that makes the difference. I mean, how many times have you got a unit that's got that one wound left or two wounds left, and you're like, ugh, I needed to get rid of that. Yep. And command the skies. Um, command ability uh, must be a friendly sky vessel. More than three unit can reroll runs, and it can run and shoot or charge later. So this one is uh, start of the movement phase. Yeah, command yeah. the skies. This that's like his. Uh, well, that's it. That's command the fleet. Except this only works for one. Right. Whereas Brock can do it for three. Yeah. Ugh, that's so good. And they've got different terms. So even though you can only do one per phase, mm-hmm. you can only use one command per phase, right? You can use one command per phase, yes. So, so you, one or the other, you're not going to yeah. use them both, but still. Yeah. Well, no, they're different commands. <laughs> one's command the skies, one's command the fleet, so they're different. But they're both done at the start of the movement phase. Mm-hmm. Can you only do one command per phase? No, you can do every hero can do a command. But per phase, you can do multiple commands in one oh, phase. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, for some reason I thought you could only do one command per phase. Mm-mm. Okay, I get, well, once again, hey, look look yeah, how dumb so, I so am. So remember like so remember like the beastmen, they have their heroic action thing. Uh-huh. Like literally every beastman hero can issue a heroic action. Right, but that's Which heroic like, action. That's not the command. I thought issuing a command for command points were one per phase. Maybe ooh. I thought Thank that's God. what command Thank points were. I, I thought, you know what, if you want to look I feel it up, like that's fine. Can, I feel like you can do that. I don't know. If you can, then cool. If you can't, then you can't. doesn't matter. Um, Pretty sure you can. Okay. Uh, Drecky Flint, our other character. This is I love this guy. I love his lore. Here's a guy who just basically got, sort of got run out of his, his town. Yeah, yeah. Um, not for being a bad guy necessarily, just because he kind of upset the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And he gets run off, and so he's not coming back until he's like the best of the best. <clears throat> right. Um, and he's got some cool stuff. You can pick one frigate in your army to be his personal ship. So if you have a frigate and you have him, but it's got to be Barak Mornar because he is Barak Mornar. So this is yeah. where you'd have to, if you want to play with him and use his thing, you have to really be Barak Mornar. Mm, which is not bad. No, once again, it's not a terrible one to pick. It, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 one that, you know, if I'm not picking, I mean, we talked about that. If, if I'm not giving myself extra command points, I'm probably yeah. going with that to take away yours. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal with command abilities. Okay. E- each unit, a model cannot issue more than one command in the same phase. A unit cannot receive more than one command. That's in the same what phase. it is. I'm sorry. That's That's, so yes, they both can issue them right. to different units. They just can't issue more. Okay, good, good, good. So yeah, yeah. you could have. I mean, depending on how many ships you have, you could be yeah. doing a lot there. Mm-hmm. All right. So you pick your flagship, and it's plus one damage for his boarding weapons mm-hmm. on his frigate. So that's not yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Reroll, run, and charge rolls while he's on the ship automatically. That's great. Um, when it fights and you're done, you can pick a monster nearby and on a two up do three D three mortals. Uh, after he fights, yeah, he's got like a little <coughs> a, a mini version of the skyhook. Right. Um, what's great on this? What what I think makes this this unit the one kind of fun to take. Um, besides having two D six attacks, threes by threes, one rend, two damage for his missile weapon. Uh, and having three attacks with two rend, two damage for his hand weapon. Start of the combat phase. If he's within an inch of an enemy hero that has an artifact of power, I can roll a die, and on a three-up, I take it away. Right. It's called light-fingered. He yeah. steals it. Steals it. So you can't use your artifact anymore. If it was a weapon, it goes back to its normal weapon state. Yeah. But I like 
I, I love the three up. I can steal your artifact. Steal Galamaraz. <laughs> and I, I, I have no use for it, but you're certainly not using it against me. So I like Drecky Flint for for a, a buck if, buck thirty. If I'm playing that yeah, place, a, I'm taking that, can, that. That could be a game changing ability, honestly. Right. And once again, if I'm taking uh, uh, Barak uh, uh, Mornar, then Although, I'll, I'll no, I would, it. it wouldn't work on Galmaraz. It's not an artifact. Oh, that's power. not an artifact of power. Right, right. But you know what I'm saying? Whatever yeah. it is, there's a lot of artifacts of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Endrin Master. And, and you know what? A lot of these guys, we don't have to go through a ton of it. All these heroes so, have three up saves. They're all seven or eight bravery. Um, so the, the Endrin you know, Masters <sighs> fix the ships. That's what they do. Yeah. There's, a, there's a guy on foot. And there's a guy who flies. The guy on there. foot's 90. Yep. The guy who flies is uh, on is 170. Yeah. The Navigator... He can read the winds, so he's actually the guy who can dispel a spell. Yes, he can he's dispel the only dude. one spell. He's, he's you, the only dude. You kind of got to have one of these. Yeah, and then he reads the winds. Um, yeah, roll six dice and then pick, pick an one. Yeah, I love that. Go ahead, read. This is so dumb. So I roll six dice. If I get no ones or sixes, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But if I get a bunch of ones, what happens? And then pick an enemy, pick a, pick a different enemy unit within thirty inches of this unit, invisible to them. The enemy unit suffers D three mortal wounds. So for each one, so if I roll six ones, I could pick six units. Yeah. For each roll, pick one different enemy unit. So yeah, it's called Ether Storm, and then it has their movement, which is awesome too. Yeah. If they've t- if they yeah if they if they take the mortal wound, yeah. if they take any of those mortal wounds, they half their movement until the start of your next hero phase. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're going second, yeah. Or if you're going first and they double turn you, that goes on forever then. <laughs> it's a long range, 30 inches. And then 30 favorable inches. conditions of each roll of a six, you pick a different sky vessel within 30, and uh, it can make a normal move of D3 plus three. It just moves. Yeah, uh, two to four inches. Just I get a shift. I'm going to get an extra move. I got good wind behind me. Yeah, now, I like I, that. I, I, think you, I, think you, I think you need a navigator. Oh, I mean, all of these things are worth it. That's the flipping yeah. problem with this book everybody's yeah. got something that's good okay like the uh the endrin riggers right yeah they we, fix the ships yeah so the endrin master at the start of here hero phase he just heals three wounds on a sky vessel that's right. next to him right mm-hmm. he adds one to field repairs made for endrin riggers that are near the unit so let's talk about like i said on 12 inches the endrin master with the dirigible suit Mm-hmm. Just pick a sky vessel within an inch, and he heals it. He doesn't have to yeah. be on it. So if he's you take flying. Him, he flies. Yeah. yeah. If you take him without the suit, he's got to be on the ship. Right. Uh, and then, and then there's the Endrin riggers. Well, hold these on. Are, he, these, this is the unit. That's the unit. Yeah, but let's talk about the Endrin master without the flying because okay, sure. his is a little yeah. different. He can still heal up to three wounds for any uh, sky vessel he's within an inch of. Yeah. But he's also got I.I. Captain. Mm-hmm. At the start of your hero phase, if he's embarked and hasn't used the ability to heal, he can crank up the power. He can still heal afterwards, but before, if he's on the boat, he can crank up the power. So roll a dice on a one. Uh, D3 mortal wounds. Yeah, D3 mortal wounds to the boat. Uh, and then the Endron Master can't use his heal that turn because he can't heal back what he screwed up. Right on a two up, you can use the top row of your uh, your damage chart, which is super cool. Yeah, if he's on the boat and the boat's getting pum- pummeled, 
Yeah. He can be like, uh, on a two-up, I use the top row. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And for 90 points, yeah, he can't fly around. He's got to be on the boat. But once again, if you're taking a pounding, you know, that, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's the, that's the captain's calling down to engineering. Yep. Now the Give riggers, me more power. The engine riggers are the Give balloon boys. Give it all boys. she's got. Give it all she's got, Captain. Um, jeez. <laughs> that's what that rule should be called. <laughs> Give it all she's got. Now, Endron <laughs> Riggers are three for a buck twenty. They have a four-up save. They're the little bu- guys with the balloons on their back. Yeah. They only have two wounds apiece, so it's a six-wound total. Okay, and they've got a bunch of different attacks and different little weapons that they can use, blibble blabble. Um, it says one's armed with a rivet gun and a saw. One in every three can have a volley gun. One in every three can have the saw. You know, with the different mm-hmm. things. So, they got different. If you have that little drill launcher, um, you know, uh, sixes do mortals for some of the weapons. What's important here is their emergency field repairs. And I think their grapnel launcher is super cool too. Go for it. So the grapnel launcher, um, once for battle, at the end of your movement phase, you can reel itself to. So you pick a point on the battle within 15 inches, and it's not a terrain feature. You just move this unit. To within three inches of that point. <laughs> but more than nine inches from enemy units. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So they move 12. It's at the end of your movement phase, but yeah. yeah. I've already moved. Now and, I can shoot. Yeah. And they can, and they can run. It doesn't say they can't use it if they run. Yeah. Although so if you don't run, this doesn't count. It doesn't say anything else. I can move. Then I can shoot myself up 15B. I got to be more than nine. But yeah, I can I can get, get up you, close enough to try to charge you, too. You could, yeah, you could. Um, you talk, I mean, talk about an objective grabber. It's what yeah, these guys. No kidding. For. It's what these guys are for. I think field repairs though. Mm-hmm. Once per turn at the end of any phase, if it's more than if you know if these guys are more than three inches away from the enemy, they yeah. can do emergency repairs. Pick a sky vessel within three inches. Roll a die for every model in the unit, which normally is three, unless you you know you can double it up, but it's three, okay? Mm-hmm. For each four and five heals a wound, each six heals two wounds. Yeah. Once again, if I'm within twelve inches of an Endron Master, and who if he's on the boat yeah. that I'm fixing, I'm within twelve, then I'm healing one on a three and I'm healing two on a five. Yeah. So yeah. Suddenly, look at all the healing you can do to your boats with a couple of these guys. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can do maybe 20 in a turn, hopefully. But I can can have different units putting back multiple wounds. Yeah, I just don't know if you... I don't know. I I don't think... I don't know if there's space. I'm looking at the... Then you go through the... You try to actually build this army. It's like, I don't have points for Endron Riggers and Endron Masters. That That was the problem I had when I was building this. Because yeah. you're gonna want you're, you're gonna want thunderers. So the Grunstock stuff. That's the Grunstock units now. We already talked about the code, right? So the Ether Chemist is the next hero. Did we? Not... Guys... Oh, right. Okay. So the Ether Chemist. These are the guys who refine the Ether Gold. Now this guy, five wounds. He's got three D six attacks. They're only fours by fours, two rend, one damage. But that's that atomizer, right? So yeah. And if he's not embarked, you can pick a Skyfarer unit that's not embarked wholly within 12 inches of him, and they mm-hmm. get plus one rend for their missile yeah. weapons. Yeah, this guy's awesome. Yeah. 
giving them plus one rend at the start of the shooting phase for anyone that's disembarked for their shooting is great. And he's 80 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, minus one to hit for attacks made by enemy models three inches within so three inches of him. So good. So good. Yeah, and it just says to hit for enemy for attacks. It doesn't say what type. Yep. So what you do is you, you get a nice chunk of Thunderers. You just plant this guy in the middle of that unit. And suddenly that Thunderer unit is now a menace. Yeah. Well, he's a minus one to hit for attacks made by enemy models while they're within three inches of any friendly units. So if he's got to be within three inches of enemy. So he's, if when he's in close combat... Yeah. Well, that, he could just be behind the Thunderers. Yeah, within three inches of any friendly units. That's true. And they're minus one to hit for all attacks, whether they're shooting at fighting with him or shooting at something else or whatever. Right, yeah. You know? Because you don't really rate his melee weapon. Who cares? I mean, he's... His his missile weapon is good good enough range nine inches so you just plant him behind a now because he he just busts the three d six yeah he yeah. busts them so hard that it's hard to not build your whole army around that yeah because you pick that thunderer unit it gets let's talk about red. the thunder let's, let's go talk, talk about the thunder, the thunder. so we talked did we talk is, about the argonauts is, we did we talked yeah. about that so we're almost actually through everything what do we yeah, got left the, thunderers and sky wardens that's it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk Thunderers then. Now these this are the is, guys that is, caused this, all the controversy when they first come out. Because this is the this is the this is the unit. This is these are the boys. Five for a buck thirty-five. They're 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 expensive. Yep. Um, but they have two two wounds each. Three up saves. Now guys this is awesome. one where you got five guys and one in every five. They all have a different weapon. Yes. Let's just, let's just go right off the bat. Well, they, they can all just weapon. have rifles, but it's like, why would right. you just have rifles, no, no one's right? No going to do that. So yeah. one in five can have... And each can have a different yeah. weapon. The only dude who's actually going to have an ether shot rifle is the champion. <laughs> right. And he's going to have the special one. He's going to have two attacks with it. Right. Oh, and that's right, because he one, has two to attack characteristics for his yeah. ether shot. So his actually gets four shots with the ether shot rifle. So. And then one dude's going to have the fumigator. Another guy's going to have the deck sweeper. Another guy's going to have the ether cannon. The other guy's going to have the grunstock mortar. So that's five dudes. They've all got special rules to attack. Most of them are hitting on threes. I mean, they're all hitting on threes. Most of them are wounding on other stuff. Uh, not a lot of rend with it, but everybody's got stuff, and everything's got a little bit of a special rule. Okay. Right. So, but then you put the, the ether chemist behind these dudes. Suddenly, all that stuff's got an extra pip of rend on it. So, yeah. So, they go from, yeah. The, one of them goes to rend three, two of them at rend two, two of them at rend one. The yeah. ether shot rifle being rend two is not bad at all, actually. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Some of four these are, shot, yeah. Four shots. Mm-hmm. Um, what's cool is if you have the one guy's got a fumigator, okay? Attacks yeah. with that, you don't roll the hit. He's got D6 attacks. You don't roll the hit. You just roll the wound. Mm-hmm. At the end of the combat phase, pick an enemy unit within three inches of him, and on a two-up, they take D3 mortal wounds from the fog. Yeah. So not only do you not roll the hit, it's just D6 hits, you know? Yeah. And then you roll to wound, but you also, on a two-up, can do D3 mortals at the end with that special one. Um, the mortar... The attack characteristic is equal to the number of models in the target unit to a maximum of five. That's okay. I no, mean, it's, it's, th- it's okay. It's, it's kind threes of the least by threes. flashy of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> geez. Okay. So then what do we the have? Deck There's, sweepers. Yeah. Go. The, the deck sweepers. Five attacks. Threes by fours. One rend. One damage. Mm-hmm. 
And do they have a special rule for the deck sweepers? Yeah, it's, it's called suppressing fire. All right, go for that one then. Oh, no, that's that's their other rule. I'm sorry. The deck sweeper does not have a special rule. No, no. Nor does the either cannon. They're right. just nasty. No, these are just special rules. So, so every time we shoot after all yeah. the attacks are resolved, yep. if every model in this unit shot it shot at the same unit, so if you focus everything on one unit, yep. roll 2d6 plus the number of wounds you just caused through all your shooting. Mm-hmm. If that's higher than the unit's bravery, it is suppressed, meaning until the start of my next hero phase, it's minus one to hit. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. It. Yep. Minus one to hit. Until that's the crazy. start of your next hero phase. Yes. That's so really good. Like, like hmm, I suppress you on my turn. Now you go, and now you roll for priority. Oh, you won. Do you want to double turn me or not? <laughs> I'm, you're still minus one to hit me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Depends on what they've got on the table if it's not that big of a deal. Right. But, yeah, it could cause trouble. And then mm-hmm. the last one. Um, the drill bill. Yeah. That's, the, that's the gunnery sergeant's little mechanical bird. Yeah. So after that, after all the fighting's done, if you got someone three inches of this of the of the gunnery sergeant, they got to be within three inches of the gunnery sergeant. Right. Uh, on a five up, the, the, the unit takes one more mortal wound. Mm-hmm. There's so much with this. Yeah, I mean this entire it's, unit it's, with with of, it's, you, he's Bubo. Well, with yeah, he is. <laughs> it's Bubo well, with these five <laughs> models. Okay, yeah. with a unit of five, you have up to uh, six, <laughs> it's, 12, it's it's crazy nineteen attacks, mm-hmm. and you're you not going to have five with all sorts honest. of different things. Yeah, you're going to have ten of these bros. Yeah, two each. It's yeah, it gets silly. It's a lot of rolling to get that unit done, but it can do. It, there's a bunch of things it can do, and they suck in combat. <laughs> yeah, they do. They don't do anything in combat. One attack, fours by fours, no rend, one damage. It's not. There's nothing. If you have ten of these guys, you're gonna get two. Are gonna even wound, and you'll yeah. be lucky if they do anything. But yeah. standing back, man, a few inches. They their their shortest range weapon is twelve inches. So. Yeah. I think, you, I mean, the way I've seen these plays, you just drop these dudes off on an objective with a chemist, and they just hold it the whole battle. They, or they fight for the, the whole battle. They're hard to kill. They got a crap load of attacks and shooting. Yeah, but you, it is you, a you, lot. You, Ten you, of them for 270. That's still a big chunk of your points. And then is. you're dropping an 80-point dude behind them. Mm-hmm. So now you're at 350. Yep. So, it, yeah. But, but you pick an objective, and you drop that blob on it. But then again, it's gonna be 10 hard of to these guys... Ten of these guys and your chemist is twenty-five wounds with a three-up save. Mm-hmm. With that's the three-up save, that's actually not too bad, is it? I mean, what they don't have is they have zero mortal wound protection. They got nothing. Well, most of this army doesn't. That's right? the thing. But it does so much other stuff. It's mm-hmm. trying to stay away from you and get the more. Now let's look at the sky wardens. These are three yeah. for a buck thirty. Last unit, they only have a four-up save. Two yeah, these are, these are the fighty, shooty versions of the Ender and Riggers. They're, they fly. Right. Yeah. Um. Once again, a bunch of different shooting attacks. Yeah, the sky hook is what you want. Yeah, that's this, what you're trying to. That's what, that's the weapon you're trying to land is the sky hook with this. You know, the sky hook damage. does D three damage, which is pretty good. If it's against a monster, mm-hmm. it does three damage. Yeah. Um, grapnel okay. launcher, yeah. grapnel launcher again, so they can do the same thing where they can move up to fifth. They can move. Yeah. Fifteen inches. Mm-hmm. Um. And you can. The one thing they do have is the timed charges, which those little things floating over them. 
Yeah. At the end of the combat phase, if it's within three inches of any enemy units, you can use its time charges to make an escape. Roll a die on a two-up, pick an enemy unit within three inches, and they take D3 mortals, and then you have to retreat. But that's at the end of the combat phase, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I'm done fighting. Now I'm going to leave a mine here and run away. Yeah, it's every combat phase. Yeah, at the end of the combat phase. Mm -hmm. So if you charge me... Uh, and I and you don't attack those guys first. I can attack you and then run away before you get a chance to attack me. Yeah, super cool. That is a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the scrolls, and then we didn't. Yeah, I mean, there's a underworlds unit in here. Oh yeah, yeah. Hold on, Bjorgen Thundrick. Yeah, and I looked at him, and then it's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. 160 for the whole unit. It's another one where every guy's got a special different weapon, though, and every guy's so you got to roll separately for each guy in the unit. Yeah. Um, they do give him, uh, uh, they give the, the leader a, a four-up ward when they're near him. They don't have mm-hmm. to be near him. Right. So. So my, I made a list. You know, so I think it's, just probably, it's probably kind of be kind of a standard. I think you'll see it. I mean, it's, I don't, it's just, it's ironclad. It's a frigate. It's a navigator, an admiral, an ether chemist, uh, a unit of 20 archonauts, engine master in suit, engine master with harness, a gun hauler, and a reinforced unit of thunderers. It's 2K. Cool. That sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? I mean... It does. And I'm wondering if that's like a, a just a... I wonder if there's a standard list for this. I Once think, again, I think if, that if would I be have, it. I think I that have, would be it. If I have any beef with this army, it's that it... I feel like it doesn't have a. There's not a lot of variety. I mean, what else would you do besides right. that? You've got only a couple of different units, and then you've got boats, and then you've got char- yeah. you've got units that either back up the boats or the characters. Right. Yeah. I mean, what else would you do besides what I just said? Is there a viable no boat list? I don't know. Sure. I mean, probably. I mean, yeah, there's got to be, but there, you, you could still use boats. You could do the. You could do the. You could just do hordes of Arcanauts, honestly. You could have so many. <laughs> Ten for a hundred. Right. <laughs> that is true. You could have you could just flood the battlefield with Arcanauts. And characters behind them? And just characters behind them. Ether chemists. I mean, then you could bring and then you just bring gun haulers for artillery and zip zipping around and being a pain. It would be a weird list, but it could work. You'd have to paint so many Arcanauts. Yeah, and they you are really tiny. Want paint, do you want to paint 90 Arcanauts? I don't know. They are the size of the old Dwarden, too. Yes, They're not they giant, giant roided-out fire slayers. No. That's one I of the things pa- I do I, like about them. I, I painted the Underworlds unit. and uh, I, was in uh, a, I was in a class at Adepticon one year taught by Duncan Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was the Arcanaut that they gave us an Arcanaut to work on, and he oh, went through his okay. color scheme. So I took a picture of all the colors he was talking about and kind yeah, of how yeah. he did it. Yeah. And it's that 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 reddish, you know, that uh, maroon sort of barrack uh, nar, sure. like on the cover. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of like it. So mm-hmm. I did mine. And thinking, I think I did mine just like the unit in Underworld. So they have like the purpley body suits and like the gold armor. Or details. I did that, and it was oh, a, right. honestly, honestly, it was a pain because I kind of went all out and did like edge highlighting and stuff, and I was like, Bleh. "Oh, that is a lot, though." When you yeah. go and start doing the edge highlighting, right? Like, yeah, because I, I remember I, I went a little nuts. I like drove myself crazy when I was painting this uh, the gun hauler that I have. I mean, I 
I kind of did the metal bits with edge highlighting, but like the boat itself, I just painted it. I think it's just corn red, corn <laughs> red with a corn red with a wash on. I'm like, I'm done with this stupid thing. That's cool. I like the paint, I, I I don't know. I think I'd go insane if I had to paint a frigate or a ironclad. I don't know if I could do it. I want to. It was, I, thought, I actually really enjoyed it, except like I said, I, I'm not an airbrushy guy, and getting that brush nice so it's a nice smooth. Did you paint, paint one? Job, I did. You painted a frigate or an ironclad? I don't know which it is. I gotta go look which it is. It's one of those two. I I don't remember where the heck I even put it at this point because it used wow. to just sit on the shelf. Because I had it and I'm like, this is beautiful. I want this. I want to paint it. I thought I might play the army. Yeah. Turns out I didn't. Uh, but I bought a frigate and like I had that and like twenty Arconauts. Really? Yeah, and I kind of painted them up because I was so jazzed about this because they were dwarven size. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, is that it? Are we done? I think we did the whole thing. All right. So this just came out soon. We got this. I know we've still got to cover Slaves to Darkness. I know there's other stuff we're going to be covering. I'd like to get another hobby slash gaming episode in here. So there's a lot coming up on Garage Hammer, folks. But we're getting this out. Um, And we got to try. Hopefully we'll have... We're going to have another episode out before Adepticon. Chris and I are on the busy schedule because I am going to be out of commission for a couple of weeks yeah, and I don't know how much I'll be able to record. I'm gonna um, be at Adepticon. You're gonna be at Adepticon. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm having surgery the day Adepticon mm. of Adepticon, and I got two week rehab. So yeah, I'm playing Kill Team and Age of Sigmar team tournament. Cool, very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Morgan's gonna go up there at least one day because Greg Dan's going, and he's got something for her, and we've got something for him. So we're trading off stuff since he's coming from England. It's easier to trade than to yeah. Than to do that, so Morgan said she would ride over there and do that. So, oh, cool. She might stop by. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm sad I'm missing Adepticon. You know, yeah. but what are you going to do? Missed I missed one in a while. Ah, that is true. I mean, out, outside of outside of the COVID stops, I haven't missed one since I think since we started going when we first yeah. started the show. So I haven't wow. missed one in like ten years. Wow. Yeah, ten twelve quick, years. Yeah. So yeah, quick toolbox. I'm working on my Beast of Chaos army. Nice. I finished the unit of Warhounds. Finished cool. all my Minotaurs. Cool, cool. Going. I have 2K now. Woo. <laughs> 2K painted. Yes. All right. Well, I am doing other stuff, but it's been. Oh, I gotta get. I gotta get going, man. I gotta go to yeah. grocery no shopping. Worries. So, yep. We're gonna wrap this up. Make sure you're ready, Chris. Yeah. Before man. we go, I oh, do want to thank our Patreon sponsors. That includes our associate producers, Jake C, James Brown, Old Man Yeti, and George Stradone. Uh, he's our new one and our executive producer Thank Scotty you. Milne and let's not forget once again Raistlin who uh, also is our newest Patreon oh. patron thank you guys and thank Exciting. all of you who are part of this almost 1% who keeps the lights on make sure the bills get paid thank you so much for this if everything we're doing here is possible because of you uh, let's also not forget Chaos Orc Superstore as well as uh, Six Squared Studios and Grognards. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. All right. So we ready? Yeah. All right, folks. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful will know no despair except in failure. Or Sigour!